Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that promises to do something very special for you if you are fearful during arrow breaking. Here are two guys that are the black leather jackets of podcasting, Matt and Doug. How's it going, man? Not not happy with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first part of that, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that when we get to the arrow breaking part of 2010, the year we make contact. But the second part, when I think of a black leather jacket, the, like the coolest icon black leather jacket that I can think of is the Fonz. Right. He's edgy. He's tough. So on one hand, that could be our, our podcast. <laughs> Okay, but on the other on the hand, other hand, it could be the black leather jacket that you were wearing. <laughs> your post on Facebook. I love that jacket. I've had that jacket forever. Since well, what was my comment on your picture? I I, I do not remember what it was. I just remember it was it was not very nice. It was it was unkind. <laughs> Nineteen ninety seven called. They want their black leather jacket back. <sighs> yeah. And then I see I see that that black leather jacket made its way to Tennessee with you as well. That's that's my everyday jacket. <laughs> you you know what? You make a decent living, as does your your wife. Okay, go buy like a nice North Face jacket. I, I nice... do have like I do have a North Face jacket, and that's actually a bone contention because Jen bought me this North Face jacket, which I've never wa- never worn. Because you love the black leather jacket so yeah, much. I do. It's, you're sad. You're sad, man. Yeah. All right. I am. Well, hey, it's it's me, Doug. It's How me. you doing, Matt? I'm doing okay. Uh, <laughs> Just actually waiting to see if something can come back up. And because I was going to play the, the you know, it's it just mean because when you did that, you actually sent me a text. I think you felt a little bad. Yeah, I felt a little bit, but a little bad because a lot of people laughed at that comment. Yeah, well, it, it is what it is. So, uh-huh. uh, well, let's just go ahead and jump into it. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. All right, my week. I'll go first. Going back to the Die Hard podcast, we talked. You brought up a curl yes. from Superman Two, correct? And it was Cliff Clavin. And then I said, "Was that the captain from Lethal Weapon?" Also, and yes. it was not. He was in Superman One correct. as a yes. prison guard, but the guy that was in Superman Two was a man that was after your own heart. His name is Shane Rimmer. <laughs> Okay. Just beating me up all over the place. It's coming out. Body blow, body blow, (laughs) uppercut. Just throwing haymakers. Yes. Okay. So, sorry. I'm trying to fix stuff as we're doing this. Uh, Respect Yourself, the Bruce Willis song from The Return of Bruno. Yes. It did actually feature the Pointer Pointer Sisters. So I I was correct about that. All right. Uh, you can buy a Murphy bed on Amazon. Oh, can and, you really? Yes, and it is not a Rundle bed; it is a Trundle bed. And I should have known that because my mom had a Trundle bed on her double wide, where my brother and I would sleep. And what exactly is a Trundle bed? A Trundle bed is it's a single bed, and then another single bed pulls out from underneath it. So it was always kind of a bitch. No matter where you slept, if you had to get up in the middle of the night, you were either going to step on somebody or you were going to get stepped on. Yeah, yeah, that that is definitely true, and but it's a it's it's a it's a space saver. So yeah. my my parents, or, or I should say my mom, I guess has one of those. Uh, Rex Ryan, 
I said I thought he was in a Foot Locker commercial. I could not find one. Oh, all right. Uh, um, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had commented on the uh, hold my beer comment that you had said mentioning. You're talking about Jay and Silent Bob, Bob sequel and then the, the Clerk sequel. And you said, boy, you really like that hold my beer comment. And I said, yes, I do. And I actually found the first recorded version of hold my beer. Yosemite Sam swings the fastest gun west of the Pecos. That because him never meet up with me, Injun Joe. He's a heading this way. Here, hold him beer. Now we see who swing the fastest gun. <laughs> yep, I get more free beer this way. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you if we can play that clip, Tug. <laughs> You don't think so? <laughs> I think so. It's people, a Bugs it's a Bugs Bunny cartoon. I, I'm I'm aware of what it is. It doesn't change the fact that it's slightly problematic <laughs> in its uh racial stereotypes. But... Well, I, that was part of my example was also to, to point out how you know wrong some cartoons were back in the day. Okay, but uh Kent from Real Genius was actually was in Bachelor Party. You were correct. He's yes. played by the uh, actor Robert Prescott, and mm-hmm. he played Cole in uh, Bachelor Party. He's a real dick. You know why? No. Because he has a Porsche. <laughs> Man, that's just hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, again, going back to the Die Hard episode we talked about the snl bit of the synchronized swimming and you said you couldn't find sound for that right and and i looked i spent a lot of time but apparently you were able to find it officially it's got you know like zero acceptance you know i don't swim lawrence doesn't swim so i mean no of course not nobody is just going to walk up and hand us a gold medal especially since men's synchro isn't even in the 88 olympics yet but that's okay because we could use the time because I'm, I'm not that strong a swim. But... Okay. Oh, there's still more to that. This is like a oh. mirror in between you. And then he goes this way. And then let's say you were to point at each other. You're doing the same thing, aren't you? No, you're not angry at him. No, you're I'm just not. pointing yeah, at him. Right. Hey, you. I know you. I know you. Let me hear that. Okay, uh, supper club versus restaurant. Okay. A supper club could be considered a type of restaurant, but the experience between a supper club and a standard restaurant difference differs in key ways. Supper clubs are generally independently owned and located in rural areas. The menu on the will, the food on the menu will generally be limited with primarily surf and turf entries or entrees as well as homemade food. All right. Yeah, and all the supper clubs that I've ever been to have certainly been in the rural area. Uh, the big fat guy that was in Stir Crazy, his character's name, Grossberger, he was not in Popeye. Uh, his name is Cedric Hardman. Oh. Just joke there as well. <laughs> yes, a man after your own heart. Yes, there you go. Uh, the dog in Smoking the Bandit, his name was yep. Fred. Got that. That's all I've got. Okay, 40 words per minute. Uh, typing is average. Uh, you want to aim for 65 to 70 words per minute. All right. 
uh, aquiline nose. An aquiline nose, also known as a Roman nose, is a human nose with a prominent bridge, giving it the appearance of being curved or slightly bent. Okay. Uh, And I think the last thing that I have for this week is, this is where it's it's a problem that I don't have actual regular access to the soundboard, which is why I really need to fix this, but well, it's sync. There's synchronized swimming. It turns into a Broadway number. Um, no, actually, yes, it is. Hold on a second. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was your, your waffle of the week. Oh, that was my waffle of the week. Okay. Who did it better? Was it Doug or Max? Not a lot from last week. No, um, I didn't think there was. And, uh, but let's go ahead and start. It's you. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here at the house of the three little pigs. Hi-ho, this is Kermit the Frog reporting today on a new Three Little Pig Story. You would not believe how many different hi-ho, this is Kermit the Frog things there are. And I yeah. actually found the one about the three little pigs because that was the one that was closest. So not bad, not bad. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Next one is the only one that's actually from the movie itself. Oh, okay. Dear, there's a pig climbing up our... our... Um, uh, uh, pig, um, climbing up the, uh, the outside of the house. Did you say there's a pig climbing on the outside of our house? Hey, what did you say? A pig is climbing up the outside of the house. Yes, 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 I believe I do, yes. In the actual movie, there's about 45 seconds between those two parts. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next one is also you. Click. Hair pie. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hair pie? Thank you. Hair pie? Okay. You know, okay, so we, we can play that clip, but we can't play my engine Joe clip from Bugs Bunny. That That's a guy that's <laughs> actually of that nationality. I, I'm willing to bet that Mel Blanc probably has some Native American in, in him. Okay, the next one's also you. Once again, lots of different ones to choose from. I tried to sure. find the one that was closest. Uh, the next one is actually both of us, and I reverse the order because that's the order it actually goes in the real, real clip. Welcome to Movie Phone. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Movie Phone. Why don't you just tell me the movie you want to see? <laughs> Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you selected? Once again, something that probably shouldn't be done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one is also both of us. Get a good look, uh, Costanza. Get a good look, Costanza. It's like staring at the sun. Look away. Looking at cleavage is like looking at the sun. You don't stare at it. It's too risky. You get a sense of it, then you look away. Oh you can actually hear the end bed music there because yeah. I was right at the end of the podcast. And yeah. the, the last one is actually after that in the podcast last week. <laughs> Bah, bah. 
I think we get the idea. All right. <laughs> and I'll there has it. been Doug. Yeah. You just got beat by Doug. But we were both incorrect in that that does actually appear in this film. It does. Right in the beginning. And also in the end credits. Okay. Okay. So ready to move on? I am. Hey, man, what's new now? What's fucking new now? You're weak. All right. So we're having some tef- technical difficulties with the audio, and I was told to take a break. So I went upstairs, and the rest of my family is sitting around the table. And my youngest son completely buddy-fucked me when I got up there. Okay. So I had the two boys today, and we went shopping. And we went to the dollar store, and my oldest son bought something, and his change was 69 cents. Okay. <laughs> I've never brought up the number 69. But as we're walking out, he goes, hey, dad, hey, dad, that's pretty funny. That change was 69 cents. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, yeah. And then my youngest goes, what's 69? It's like, nothing. He's like, come on, tell me, tell me, come on, tell me. And finally, my oldest son goes, it just has to do with kissing. And I said, yeah, but don't, ever go, <laughs> but don't ever go up to somebody and say, hey, you want to do that 69 thing? So I go upstairs and they're eating dinner and my oldest is eating some beans. And he's like, look, dad beans and i'm like yeah so and he's like i don't know i just thought it was funny and then my youngest goes it's probably something inappropriate like that 69 thing you guys were talking about and my (laughs) missus looks at me and i'm like god damn it the fuck man can't share anything with you that's uh that's not dissimilar to uh we were out we were on vacation last week we were in the smokies and i'll get into that a little bit more but we were at a restaurant and Every one of us that orders steak a different way because we all want things, you know, differently. I mm-hmm. I like I like it to be medium well, so a little pink. One of my sons likes it well done. One of my kids. Really? Like, you think medium well has a little bit of pink in it? I yeah. see, When I think of medium well, I think of like nearly charred. No, that's well done. Okay. All right. It's just, I mean, just a smidge, an RCH of pink in there. Yeah, and that's, that's. I usually say medium whenever I order a steak, which is very rare. Sorry. Didn't mean to grandstand no, that's right. in your story. But I, I probably on. should go to that because I do like it a little bloody. And then, you know, as we're eating, you know, they got them. They always kind of kick it up a step. You no. get it, if you get it well done, you're getting a briquette. Yes. Basically. So, you know, bring it down one. But, you know, as we're eating, I'm just like, yeah, it's all a pink in the middle anyway. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <huh? laughs> Nothing. But not even from your kids. No. But you, you, I don't know if they heard me. But you, you brought up the whole sixty-nine thing. You remember the uh, the question box in health class in high school? Yes, I do. Yes. And I remember, you know, teachers sometimes would get pissed because people would throw shit in there. And I remember I put in the question, "What is sixty-nine?" Um, because I didn't know. And. Mm-hmm. When you talk to other people, they're like, I can't believe you don't know that. I'm like, well, tell me what it is. It's like, uh, if you don't understand it, I can't explain it to you. It's something you have to understand or not, which shows they have no fucking clue what it was either. Yeah, yeah. It's like a UFO, man. Unless you've never seen one, you can't explain it. But you know how I actually found out what it was? How? I looked it up what? in the dictionary. Did you really? Yeah. And it was in there. 69 was in the dictionary. Yes. Oh. The what? Webster's Dictionary. Yeah, the big red one. Okay. But continue. All right. So, Mike, that, 
you know, we've been off for what, a week and a half now? A lot has happened, but I had to cherry pick just some of the finer things. Okay. My, my kid was watching this YouTuber, Mark Rober or Robber. Are you familiar with him? He's the one that sends, like, sets up these glitter bomb packages yes. on, on yeah. doorsteps. And I asked my youngest, I'm like, hey, man, what are you watching? He's like, oh, this guy, he's filling a pool with jello. And I'm like, is it an in ground pool or an above ground pool? And he's like, oh, dad. It's an in-ground pool. He's a millionaire. And I go, well, how do you know he's a millionaire? He goes, well, he has a mansion and a Lamborghini. And immediately, this came to mind. Yeah. I, I, what is, what is, I know, what, what was it called? <laughs> um, God damn it. Oh. Uh, Elmer Fudd. Okay. Um, okay, yep. I, you know, the weird thing is, after all our difficulty. Now, repeat after me. I am Elmer J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion on a yacht. I am Elmer J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. Yeah, so that was another one that was not on the list that I sent you when I said, can you please sec- check this to make sure that all your clips are on here? Which you never sent me a list. Yes, I did. I, dude, I checked, I checked all my spam email. I checked everything. Nothing. I wonder if it's in my drafts. I never actually sent it's it. Perhaps that has happened before. Uh, and then again, going back to my youngest man, my youngest is featured heavily on this podcast. Um, he decided right before Christmas, um, I was get, getting up some extra GI Joe stuff that I was going to give to a, a friend of ours, seven year old boy, because he's interested in action figures. And I was getting it all out. And my youngest comes down. And he's like, Ooh, can we play with this? Well, sure. So then he wanted to take other stuff off of my G.I. Joe wall, which we, we pulled down the Sky Striker, which is modeled after an F-14. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is this a real plane? I'm like, well, yeah, man. And he's like, can we watch some footage of it? I'm like, well, I've got the perfect thing for you. Top and I showed him, I've showed him the opening of the 86th version of Top Gun. Sure. And as we're watching it, he's asking me questions. And I got a little choked up as I was watching it. And I almost wanted to say... That's your daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy's flying that F-14. And then let's see, what else? I got a weird thing on the back of my knee called a baker's cyst, which I was having this pain that was running from the back of my knee down my calf and into my ankle and into my foot. I'm like, fuck, what is it? It was waking me up at night. I could exercise and walk, but if I was just like standing there, it hurt like a motherfucker. So I went to the doctor. Of course, by the time I got into the doctor, it had most of the way cleared up. And he's, you know, manipulating and asking me questions. And he's like, man, that sounds like it's a Baker cyst. And he's like, let me check your MRI report that you had done back in August. And sure shit, possible Baker cyst, which you would have thought the orthopedic would have said, hey, man, you got, you got a Baker cyst. This is what's going to happen if it bursts. And that's what happened. It burst. And that liquid running down my calf, that's what caused the pain. And then Christmas, I mean, Christmas came, Christmas went, we had my family over, my brother was not going to come, and then he decided that he was going to come, and my dad said, well, I'm not coming if your brother's coming, and then everybody was here, and then my dad showed up. So what is usually a four-hour Bertram family Christmas was an hour and 45 minutes because it was a little bit uncomfortable. A little tense. A little tense. And then on Christmas Day, my dad and stepmom always come over and um, that's why the volume on my microphone is down. They want my, my youngest got a big gymnastics mat, and we had it set up in the basement. So a 
we're all down in the basement and my stepmom is looking at the microphone. She's like, what's this for? Is it, did you do karaoke down here? <laughs> and I explained to her that I do a podcast. Really? And I explained to her what a podcast was. Really? And then I had to explain to her, yeah, I've been doing it for two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Got it. It yeah. has been more than uh-huh. two and a half years, actually. It'll be three years in May. So, it, yeah, you're right, May. It is May. You are correct. So I, and she's like, "What do you guys talk about?" And I, you know, like '80s movies, and and it was just they didn't ask what the name of it was. They didn't. My dad's like, "So is it like a radio program that you like? You tune in at seven o'clock?" I'm like, "No, you can listen to it anytime you want to. You can go back and listen to them." And just the look on him on his face was if my mom was there. He would have looked at my mom and asked her for a refund. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, if 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 you were talking to high school Doug, uh-huh. and you explained what we were doing, it, it, it wouldn't make sense because you know obviously no kind of technology like that existed. Everything was was live or in a movie theater or you bought it in a store. Yeah. So and you know take that. That is older people and technology, not a phobia of technology, but just a lack of understanding of how some sure. tech works. Sure. But they're like, well, what, how, do you, how do you talk to your friend in Ohio? I'm like, well, I just bring a computer down and he sends me an email link and I click on it. And he takes care of all the buttons and, and whistles and Try noises <laughs> and, and all that stuff. And it was just kind of funny. Um, and my, my son's like... My oldest son's like, you're showing off, Dad. I'm like, no, man, they're asking questions. I'm not showing off. But, um, yeah, that's that's why the volume that was down on the microphone, because my dad was sitting at the bar and was futzing with stuff. Fiddling. I had to, like, go yeah. – I he was walking around my entire basement just looking at things. And I had to, like, later on that day, yesterday, Christmas Day, I had to go downstairs and, like, fix everything. Because he would just pick stuff up and then just, like, didn't know how it went back on the shelf and would just put it on the floor. It's like my kids were down here. <laughs> and I saw you, you put something out about the USS flag. Yes. Yes. That I was celebrating the 37th anniversary <laughs> of not receiving that for Christmas. Uh, d- just think of the alternative, though, which would be much worse, that you actually had that when you were a child, and then mm-hmm. you sold it at a garage sale for like $30. Or that I like Trashed blew it up it. With, with M80s, and, and which I did with all of my G.I. Joe stuff. Sure. Um and then, of course, have great grand, you know, regrets for doing that because, in, in my in my toy guilt, I went out and bought all that stuff like to redeem myself. <laughs> but I, you know, that was eighty five. I was right on the tail end of of GI Joe. Um, it, I mean, it, I still it's a pendulum cl- I, though. I, it swings back though because now yeah. now you're going to buy whatever the fuck you want to buy. But I'm not paying thirty one hundred dollars. Yeah, for yeah. A there's USS a limit. Flight. There's a limit. And but. where do I put it? It's like getting the the UCS Millennium Falcon Lego set. That's like eight, you know fifteen thousand pieces. Where do you put something like that when it's done? I work with a guy who has the the seven foot long Star Destroyer set. Uh huh. And he, he is selling his house, and he's trying to include that as part of, <laughs> part of the thing because he says in his new place there's no place for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I got I love Legos, man. I love building them. I love just looking at them, and and I don't play with them. I'm not like you know. I don't do that. It's just they're just great pieces to look at. Um, 
But yeah, so that was Christmas, man. Christmas is done. Uh, my missus is already going through the process of like cleaning Christmas up. Like she made the kids take all of their shit upstairs today. Yeah, we haven't quite gotten to that point yet. Yeah, I this week she will slowly be picking away at the Christmas decorations. And it's been colder as a motherfucker here. I don't know if, how the weather was in Ohio for you guys. Uh, it it's it's cold here. It's colder there, but it, it's yeah. cold here. Yeah. Well, we hit 15 today, so we're in a heat wave. Oh yeah, it, so. it, it got up to like 22 here today. Yeah. So the poor dog, he's depressed because I can't take him for a walk. Oh, but th- my dog has been loving walks. Oh well, yeah, because oh, and my youngest got a Sheltie stuffed animal. That's uh-huh. all. That's that's the number one thing that he wanted on his Christmas list was a Sheltie stuffed animal. They're awesome dogs, man. Yeah. So. Not, not like your cat. <laughs> my my ugly cat. <laughs> I could, you know, with no context around that, somebody's going to see that post and they're just going to be, he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. What kind of asshole does he hang out with? <laughs> of course, I would assume a, a high percentage of the people that might see that would actually know who I am. And they already know I'm a dick. So Right. There you go. So, but yeah, on to you. A couple things. Uh I was, as I was driving in the car, because we were on vacation, we were in the Smoky Mountains, and I was actually just looking at my Facebook feed and stuff, and every now and then I get these uh, pangs of guilt about my past, and, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, and I was I was not a bully. I would not have considered myself a bully, even though I've been told that there was one particular person that I bullied, but I don't buy that, but more so just there were people that I just discounted people that, you know, I, I did not care what they had to say mm-hmm. and they were in my teenage mind below me. And I'm friends with some of these people for some reason on, on Facebook. And honestly, if I was them, I would not have wanted to be friends with me based on how I was towards them. And I, I do feel bad about it, but beyond that, uh, <laughs> I went to a radio shack which <clears throat> that was a trip. Mm-hmm. Never seen one of those in probably at least a decade. Yeah, it's been a while. So I, I got a question for you, Doug. Um, would you consider yourself sexist? Uh, mildly. Would you consider yourself? I'm not going to be, beat around the bush. I'm mildly sexist. <laughs> would you consider yourself chivalrous? Yes, that that is mildly as well. And I I think that there's a weird line there because. Is it sexist or is it chivalrous to hold a door open for somebody? Uh, I don't care what sex you are, man. If if it looks like I have the ability to not wait more than three seconds, I will hold the door open for you. Okay. But if like you're way back, I'm like, man, you're on your own. I don't care. I don't care if you're an old lady, an old bag with a cane. I'm not standing here for 15 seconds waiting for you. And you don't have to deal with elevators so so much in your life, I wouldn't think, right? Um, very rarely. Very, I have one one building that's a condo building that I do a couple of units in, and I have to take an elevator. Because when you see someone coming in, you're making the choice, do I hit the door close button or the door hold button? <laughs> but when, when you go on a trip... And you're driving. Mm-hmm. Does your missus drive at all? Very rarely. I do. I would say if the family is in the car, I do 90% of the driving. Jen and I split it. it. I do more driving than she does, but 
I, I definitely do more of it than she does, especially on the, the way back, which we'll get into in just a minute. But we are down in the Smokies, which is uh, Pigeon Forge. Uh, uh, I want to say Galveston, but that's not right. Gatlinburg. Gat- Gatlinburg. And it is when you're in one of those towns, parking is either at the place you're at or it's in like a regular place and it's 20 bucks to park. So every mm-hmm. time you go into town, it's a $20 bill yeah. to park no matter what you're doing. And if you're going in and out of town, that can add up in a fucking hurry. That's how it was when we went to Charleston. It was like every time we parked someplace, it was it was 15 or 20 bucks. But I've, I found this restaurant that we ate at that had free parking behind it. So I used that parking lot for the rest of the time that we were there. God, you're such a, a, a bad tourist. But that that restaurant was, you know, half a mile away from where we were going. So I would drop them off. And I would have had to drive any another couple blocks at least anyway to find a parking place for most of these things anyway. And then I would drop them off. I would drive to where I was parking, and then I'd walk back. Mm-hmm. And that could be seen as sexist, or it can be seen as chivalrous, depending on your point of view. I just got your email, by the way. <laughs> really? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, slept on the couch a lot until we left for vacation. Did not sleep on the couch while we were on vacation. Why did you sleep on the couch a lot before you went on vacation? Uh, Jen's snoring. She's been sick oh. for like two weeks. Okay. And she's finally starting to get better, you know, and being sick on vacation. Not sick, sick, but just sick, if that makes sense. Yeah. But we took the dog. It was the four of us, my mom, and the dog on vacation. Taking the dog's big fucking mistake. Because you have no yard. You're If you're walking the dog, you're walking them in the street, and it's all huge inclines. And... You know, when we go someplace, we left him at the place that we Mm -hmm. were renting, and they left us a a crate for the dog because they said, if you are not there, your your dog has to be in the crate. Okay. So the crate came out of the closet the day we left. I took it out, moved it around a little bit, and put it back in the closet in in a different order than it was, (laughs) so it looked like we used it. Um, And then I also... On, I always bring my own electronics. Like I bring an Apple TV with me when we go on vacation, so I can watch like Plex or you know Netflix or HBO Max or whatever. So you bring an, you bring a TV with you? No, just a little box. Oh, just a little box. Okay, that plugs into the the TV, and on the, all the TVs it says do not remove or change any electronics. Two hundred seventy dollar fine if you do. Oh, jeez. So I did anyway. Okay. Uh, spent a, a lot of time at the dog park um, so the dog actually could go and poop, which was okay. fine, except when it was nine below out. Yeah. Yeah, that's ooh, on your vacation, huh? Yeah. And I'm like, please, dog, just shit, please. I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. And we're in a minivan, and these are steep hills to get up to where our place was, and I mm-hmm. could just hear the transmission starting to fail. Were these these like like hairpin, hairpin turns going up elevation as well? Yes, a lot of blind okay. corners. Not fun. Yeah, yeah. And then on, on the way home, well, actually, before we left, we went to Dollywood, which we'd been to Dollywood one other time. And the last time that we went to Dollywood, which is seven years ago, eight years ago, I participated in the show. And, oh, right. And I won my little contest, and I got a, a little medal for it. 
So as we're being seated for their holiday thing, whatever, I asked our server, hey, do you guys need anybody from the crowd? She's like, yeah, I'll come back to you. And then she came back. She says, do you want to do it or do you want your son to do it? So I turned to my my youngest and I said, do you want to do it? He's like, yeah, I'll do it. And I said, you realize you have a family legacy to maintain here. <laughs> we're undefeated <laughs> at Dollywood. And he went out there and he lost. <laughs> oh, he did. That's a shame. And then we're driving home and we're driving home right after like all the snow started. Mm-hmm. Uh, no wiper fluid in oh. in the van. So, okay, no big deal. Stopped, get gas, put wiper fluid in the reservoir. Yeah, the fucking sprayers didn't work. Oh, man. Eight and a half hour drive in that shit with no windshield wiper fluid. Had to pull over like every 45 minutes to an hour to wipe down the windshield so you could see it all. Ooh. And because... Who's, who's, who, whose minivan is this? Uh, Enterprise. Oh, man. Hopefully, did you did you bitch up a storm and get some money back? I bitched up a storm. I I, I left them a terse letter. <laughs> a terse letter. <laughs> but as we're, we're driving home, Jen's like, I can't drive in this. So I ended up driving. It's supposed to be about a seven and a half hour drive. Took a little bit shy of nine hours. Oh, man. And I drove almost eight and a half of that probably at least. And see that's that's crazy for you. That's seven and a half hours for for us to get to Gatlinburg is ten hours. You're going a different way though. You're cutting across. I, I would assume what, it's got to be more than ten hours to get to Gatlinburg. Because for you, it's just straight down, isn't it? It's straight down and across. All right. For us, it's like you got to do all kinds of jigging along around Chicago and South Bend and all that. Because I mapped it out. Because we, we went to Kentucky a couple of years ago. So we should do Smoky Mountains next time. And I mapped it out. It's 10 hours. But we finally got back. And uh, we've talked a little bit about the social contract. You know, as yes. a participant in society, there is kind of a social contract. And this is actually part of the social contract we've talked about on this podcast before. We get home. The first thing we do is we shovel our driveway. Mm-hmm. And then I go, I'm going out walking the dog. All the cocksuckers in my neighborhood, <laughs> none of them shoveled the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So I'm having to walk on the road or through, you know, several inch deep snow. And the very last thing is playing pool. One of the things we do over Christmas break is I'll play pool down in the basement with one of my kids. And pool room setup, it's got arcade games, it's got this video wall, it's got a jukebox. So I'll go down there, video wall, broken. Okay, great. Well... I can still, we can still at least listen to music when we're playing pool. Jukebox, broken. <laughs> how does this, how is this happening? Uh, well, the jukebox is controlled by a computer. And this is the thing that's a little weird or unfortunate is it has a capacitor that blew, which if my dad was still around, he could fix. I know exactly mm-hmm. what's wrong, but I, I don't have the confidence in myself to be able to fix it. And it's, you know, 14 year old computer shit breaks. Yeah. And the video wall controller is just from China. <laughs> so oh. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But happy to be back. Happy to be back on the podcast. So time to move on. Yes. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. I'm not sure if I would have gotten this one or not. Okay. It's a movie that we have not done, but a sound clip has been pulled from this movie. 
I have a guess, but it can't be right. Last Starfighter. Okay. No. But you're in the same special effects realm, so to speak. It's not Tron. Um, I have no idea. We'll play the next clip. Play the next. I'm the dude. That is so Tron. That's what you call me, you know, uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, it is Tron. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Let's that's what, what he's got. getting z- zapped in. He's getting zapped into from Floyd's Arcade. This is not Floyd. Um, yes. Flynn. Flynn. Flynn's Arcade. Not Floyd. Flynn. Floyd is this week. Yes. Okay. Yes. Play the clip. Fella, let's see what you got. I'd like to go against you and see what you're made of. You know, you don't look a thing like your pictures. I'm warning you. You're entering a big era, Flynn. I'm going to have to put you on the game, Brad. Game? You want games? I'll give you games. Right, so, I, I should have actually trusted myself. I'm like, there's no way that can be Tron. You're right. We have done at least you one sound have. clip. Right? Because we did, I did the light bike. I that believe was one it was the first the, one. The the, the, that was the second one. That was, I did Empire Strikes Back, and then you did Tron the following week. All right, so are we ready for the movie? Yes. Don't play the clip. Uh, so <laughs> I did this, I did this on Christmas morning after all the presents were done. And I did everything on the first take. And the end of the song. I just fuck it up royally. And I was like, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. Send. (laughs) Okay. It is what it is. It's a plane. To the Like that, I was wondering if you're going to do something with that uh, because it, it was earlier. You could have done something with that as well. 
Yeah, I did the best that I could, but it just came out sounding like a cat being run over by a lawnmower. Okay. That, all right. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This week we're doing 2010, the year we made contact, released December 7th, 1984, on a budget of $28 million, grossing $40 million. Had a Rotten Tomato critic score of 66% and audience score of 61%. Directed by Peter Hyams, best known for Capricorn One and Outland. Outland. The movie is based on the Arthur C. Clarke no- 1982 novel of the same name. It is the sequel to 1968's 2001 A Space Odyssey, directed by Stanley Kubrick. There were also follow-up novels called 2061 and 3001. So the original 2001 was based on a very short story, and then Clarke and Kubrick got together and he wrote the novel, 2001 A Space Odyssey, kind of with input from Kubrick. Okay. All right. Hyams went to Kubrick and said, hey, man, I don't want to be stepping on any toes, but is that okay if I make this movie? And Kubrick was like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Because what Kubrick did, and I guess this was very common at the time, is after the movie was done, he destroyed everything, all the sets, all the models, everything, so they couldn't be reused. Yeah, I'm actually going to ask that question in a little bit, so... All right. Starring Roy Scheider, not Schneider. Have no fear. The Schneid is here. Best known for Sequest 2032. John Lithgow, best known for Third Rock from the Sun. Bob Balaban, best known for Seinfeld. Helen Mirren, best known for 1923. Reprising the roles from 2001 is Keir Dulia, who plays... Dave Bowman, and Douglas Rain, who plays Hal. Other notables are MacGyver's boss, Spider-Man's landlord, and one of Sam Malone's girlfriends. The Russian notables include Sergei Bitikakov, Yuri Klachowski, and Natasha Kamalatinov. <laughs> we too low. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> something wrong. I think something wrong. Yeah, those are yes. like the, the names of the pilots from one of the flights that crashed. That was actually played on a news broadcast, and somebody was fucking with them. Oh, and yeah. They, play, they, they, they said the names and had them on. The lower thirds, yeah. And I can just imagine the guy, because that was one of the things I did when I worked for Fox, was I was one of the per- people that typed that stuff in, and I'd be like, are you guys sure about this? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I actually corrected a mistake they made one time, and one of the anchors said, oh, why don't you do your job and let me do mine? I'm like, okay. Ooh. All right, yeah, fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Look like a fucking Ron, idiot. Ron Burgundy reading anything that's out in front of you. Uh, go fuck yourself, San Diego. Yeah. Did you see this? I had never theater? seen this before. Really? Yeah. All right. I went to go see it in the theater with my neighbor Luke and his mom. And I knew of 2001. I'm sure I probably saw bits and pieces of it. But as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old kid watching it, on a Saturday afternoon was probably bored out of my gourd because that movie slow moves at a snail's pace. You think? I mean, it's, it's a brilliant movie for the time that it was made. Oh, the special effects in it are incredible considering it's yes. 1968, but the fact that the special effects are so incredible, they spend so much time on every shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, ready to move on to the movie? Yeah. All right. So, the uh, MG, we see the MGM line, and then we hear, uh, my God, it's full of stars, which you heard in the movie bed. 
That was not played. He did not say that in the movie 2001, but it was in the novel because I think he says something like, by, my God, it's full of stars. It just goes on forever and ever. My and God, it's full of stars. Yeah. Yes. And then we get a gigantic information dump and i I, t- I was typing it all out i'm like god damn this is really this is a lot of stuff to type and i texted you and i said i've got the typing i've got the, i've got the information dump taken care of don't, you don't have to type it uh, and i appreciated that <laughs> yes so uh instead of reading it i decided that uh i would do it in the um the way of clone wars but the clone wars music the intro for clone wars is only like an hour a minute and 27 seconds this took way longer than that. So I had to find the Darth Maul and Ventress uh, theme. Yeah. Theme that is that is two two plus minutes. A year nineteen ninety-nine, the moon, sea of tranquility. A black rectangular object was found by an American expedition. Composition unknown. Origin unknown. Given name, Tycho Monolith. A signal was set from the monolith towards Jupiter. Reason, unknown. Fast forward to the year 2001. The location, vicinity of Jupiter's spacecraft, USS Discovery. Crew consists of Commander David Bowman, co-pilot Frank Poole, and a scientific crew of three in deep hibernation to be wakened when Discovery reaches Jupiter. The logic circuit, HAL 9000. As the spacecraft approached Jupiter's two major inner moons, Europa and Io, HAL 9000 computer malfunctioned. The scientific crew was killed while in hibernation when life support systems were shut off by HAL 9000. Co-pilot Poole killed while outside by HAL. Commander Bowman disconnected the logic circuits of HAL. Commander Bowman then encountered an object between Jupiter and Io. The object, identical to monolith, found on the moon, except in size, nearly two kilometers long. Commander Bowman left Discovery to investigate. Last transmission from Bowman. My God, it's full of stars. Mission analysis. Reason for malfunction of hell. Unknown. Meaning of last transmission. Unknown. Location of Bowman. Unknown, but presumed dead. Composition of second monolith. Unknown. Position of second monolith. Lug range point. <laughs> Position of USS Discovery. Orbit around Isle. Condition of Discovery. Unknown. End mission report filed by Haywood Floyd, Chairman National Council of Astronautics, December 9th, 2001. Okay, do you know what a Lagrange point is? It's like that sweet spot yeah. where where something is going to hold. Yeah, so it's the point between two objects where the gravitational field is the same, so it is basically held in place. A sweet spot would be a great way to describe it. They've shown that in different movies, like like a, a deep spaceship that's going out that has like a hold area, and the kids go there because they have found the Lagrange point. Okay. Where they can like jump off of a ledge and then just hang out. But uh, Haywood Floyd, um, Mm -hmm. Haywood Floyd was actually in 2001. He was. He was the commander or he was the guy that found the monolith on the moon. He wasn't the guy who found it. 
but he, he was he was one of the people that like set up the mission he was played by a different actor a yes. terrible actor by the way yes and this guy was like way too old to to play that role in this movie so do you know any haywoods in real life no but i know i know floyd from the the barber and andy griffith okay i just know one haywood okay last name jablomi <laughs> <laughs> where's my where's my my uh snare drum and cymbal <laughs> yes but um so they never they don't have nasa in this movie it's the national council of astronautics right yeah it is the the way that they can do it without actually saying nasa because you have to remember that 2001 came out in 68 which was right the year before the moon landing mm-hmm. so I don't know if there's a reason why they didn't want it, but there was actually some of the, in 2001, they have a little bit of the Russian versus the rest of the world intrigue as well. Do they in the movie? Yes. Because in the hmm. very beginning, um, when when Floyd goes up to the, the base, mm-hmm. there are a bunch of Russians there and they're saying, hey man, <laughs> what the fuck's going on on the moon? Uh, we we heard there's some kind of uh, a breakout of some kind of virus or something. Ah, that was, and that was their cover story. That was the cover story, yes. All right. But the famous 2001 music is here. Yes. And was this done by, I don't I didn't even look to see if this was done by John Williams. I don't think so. All right. Because if you go, if you just type in 2001 on Apple Music, which you don't have access to because you're not an adult, <laughs> um, I, I think it says by John Williams. Okay. I mean, when it's that possible. song comes up. Yes. But uh, then we're in a field of big radar dishes. Is this the same place that was in contact with the carpet muncher, Jody Foster? Uh, allegedly. Um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, it's not allegedly, dude. She's got a wife. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I believe it is. Okay. But there's lots of them. And there's one guy working on one. And MacGyver's boss. Who you know? You know who I'm talking about, right? Dana yes. Elclair, Elcar, Elclair, Eclair, Elcar, yeah, Elcar, not Eclair. That's yes. a donut. Um, comes walking up, and he's Floyd or Roy Scheider's character, who is Haywood Floyd. I refer to him as Floyd throughout my notes. So do I. Um, I think he's wearing a members-only jacket <laughs> with the sleeves rolled up. It's because his black leather jacket was a little bit too warm for that. It was. It was, and. Uh, MacGyver's boss, who's Russian in this movie, says, ah, neatness. You'll make somebody a fine um, wife. And then he says, he says, oh, you're Haywood Floyd. I'm here to help with a problem. You were a chair. You were the chairman of the, let's see, what is it called? NCS? NSC. Or NC, that might be, I don't know. NCA, NCA, National Council of Astronautics. Um, he, He goes, yeah, well, I'm the chancellor now. It pays better. And then he, and then MacGyver's boss has this to say. You're responsible for the discovery mission. It was a failure. Someone had to be blamed, so it was you. You like being a teacher? I don't think I like you. <laughs> I just read your final report on what happened to discovery. You left a good number of loose edges. Ends. Ah, loose ends, yes, thank you. A good number of questions that remain unanswered. You just read that report? Took you this long to steal our secrets? 
How long does it take for your people to steal ours? Same amount of time. Uh, this is very bad for my asthma. You think you could meet me halfway? Maybe. And then he talks about that there's bad business in South America. And this is a recurring thing that happens throughout the movie that obviously they never say which country it is, but it's probably like Nicaragua or Honduras where there's They Russian say Honduras. Troops. They actually do say Honduras. Do in, they? In the film, yes. And that there's the U.S. naval blockade. Um, and Floyd says, well, we didn't start it. We are scientists. And then the Russian says, let's play a game. The truth for two minutes. I want to play a game with you, Dr. Floyd. I want to play a game. For two minutes. Jigsaw. I will tell only the truth. And so will you. Two minutes. Two minutes. Make it a minute and a half. One minute and three quarters. You start. We know you are building the discovery too. To go back to Jupiter. To find out what happened to your men up there. Also to examine the large monolith. You know that we are building the Alexei Leonov to also go up there. I thought you were going to call it the Titov. Yeah, we changed last month. People fall out of favor. The Leonov will reach discovery almost a year before you people are ready. My government feels it's very important that we should get there first. It's a distinction that will look splendid on the front page of Pravda. What other value it has, I don't know. One minute ten. Why are you telling me this? Because there are things we need to know. Otherwise, the same thing that you let happen to your people up there could happen to ours. And we would accomplish nothing. I have about one minute left. About? The small monolith you people brought back from the moon. Your government has been wary, selfish and stupid in keeping it to yourselves. You never let us examine it. What have you found out about it? Nothing. It's impenetrable. We tried lasers, nuclear detonators, nothing worked. 45 seconds. The monolith near Jupiter, it is the same? It's even larger. And the uh, computer on board the Discovery, the HAL 9000, can it be reactivated? Yes. By us? By you? take three to four months you're not familiar with the system and longer than that to comprehend the data i thought so 30 seconds uh, here we have our quandary we are going to get there first yet you have the knowledge to make the trip work how much more time do i have You just got yourself an extension. So he, Floyd is is definitely interested in what the Russian has to say, bad mm-hmm. accent aside. Right. But, but there, there's a couple things here that I missed because I was trying to find some. And John Williams did not do 2001. It's all classical oh. music. Okay. But Hyams, the director. Well, he, I know John Williams didn't write it, but did he? He might have directed like the orchestra that did it. Right. That's that's what I That's what I meant. Okay. Uh, Hyams, the director, he served as his own DP, his own director of photography, which mm-hmm. is somewhat rare. I mean, there's most directors find like a DP, like Spielberg had the same one forever until I think the guy died. All right. But do you know which there's a handful of directors that you probably are aware or have heard of that you that act as their own DP? Can you think of any or would you have any guesses? Francis Ford Coppola? Nope. 
Stanley Kubrick? Nope. George Lucas? Nope. Soderbergh? Okay. Rodriguez? Okay. Tarantino, I figured that would be an obvious one. All right. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron? Okay. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson? All right. David Lynch? And then so he's a little, he, David Lynch is a little bit more old school than the rest of those names that you mentioned. And then uh, Zack Snyder. Okay. But Zack Snyder would be more on the younger version of the rest of those guys. Yeah, exactly. But th- so they're at this huge satellite dish installation. Mm-hmm. And originally they wanted to do it at, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's Puerto Rico. It's in Puerto Rico. It's that. It's the dish that's in GoldenEye. Right. And I, I guess, I don't know if his director or somebody else went down there and said, no, it's a shithole. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, yeah. But you but think that they can pick huge. up porn on those? <laughs> Martian porn? When when, e- I, ah. when I worked at 6, when I worked at Channel 6, um, I, I'm just like walking around the hallway between shows and stuff. And I get flagged down by the guy who's running Master Control, which is where they run everything out of Master Control, hence the name Master Control. He's like, hey, check this out. And he brings up on every single monitor, <laughs> he's watching porn that he's, he pointed one of the dishes at. Like, <laughs> Great. It's the joy Great. of being in a union. Yes. So, okay, a couple things that I failed to mention. When I saw this as a kid, I loved this movie. And I remember the drive home. I, I, 2001, the ending certainly can be interpreted a hundred different ways. Sure. And I believe this, the ending of this movie can as well. Um, I was talking to a guy that listens to our podcast and he was talking about how he read the novels. He read, I think he, if he read all four of them. Okay. But I, he said they get a little bit weird at the end. Like in, in 3001, they go back and they resurrect Frank Poole, the co-pilot from 2001. Okay. Which is weird because he got shot off into space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think both of these movies can be interpreted different ways. And it'll be interesting to see what your take at the end, what you think happened. But I just remember as a kid, we were talking about this in, and in the car and coming up with our own theories. And it was just really interesting. I don't know if my kids would, at that age, do that. There's a lot less room for interpretation in 2001, or in this one than compared to 2001. Yes. Because it does spell certain things out where 2001 is just, you know, you could say it's anything mm-hmm. and and there's nothing to prove you wrong. It's very, very ambiguous at the end right. where this one actually has some answers. Uh, but the Russian, his whole thing is, hey, we're going to get there first, but if we get there, we don't have the knowledge that we need to basically avoid the fuck ups that you guys did. Why don't you have a couple passengers piggyback on our ride to go out there? Yes. And he says, how can you convince your people to let your, let you go? And he goes, I don't know if I can. I think some of our people would like to see you fail. And then he mentions, the Russian says, well, have you checked the orbit lately <laughs> of your ship? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> and he goes, oh, time for me to leave, yeah. That's actually a German. <laughs> It's like, what are you not telling me? Um, but then he goes to the computer, his computer, and he has a stunned look on his face, but also kind of chuckles at the same time. Very similar glasses chewing thing as he does in Jaws. 
Yeah. And I, I love the the future tech that is retro now. Mm-hmm. And this is a weird movie because it came out in 82, 84? 84. 84. And it was supposed to be 2010. And yes. now it's 2022. So it is, it was the future, it's the future past. Yeah. Future, if you will. Um, but Discovery is being pulled towards IO and he can't tell why. It's accelerating and then it's stopping and then accelerating and it's stopping. And he's telling this to a guy while they're sitting on a park bench in front of the, in front of the, the White House. And this happens to be the new director of the National Council of Astronautics, the NCA. Yeah. He took, um, uh, he took Floyd's old job. Right. And, um, what's so how many how how long is it gonna how long is it gonna be before the orbit decays two two and a half years and the director is how how did we fuck this up how did we not know this and Floyd says we didn't yeah we don't know why but he says that Floyd tells him we need three here we are on your actual prank my agency is going to become a part of the military I got a president with a finger poised on the button and you want me to walk across the park and tell him we want to hitch a ride with those very same Russians have I missed anything that's about it I didn't want your job you know I'm not the one that forced you out I didn't blame the whole thing on you so if this is your plan to try to get me killed <laughs> you got the wrong guy three men I figure we need three men Russians must be laughing their asses off Kurnow he's building Discovery 2 right now so he knows more about the original than anyone. He's the only one that can start Discovery in a short time. And I suppose you want to go. How the hell am I going to sell it? The Russians are going to go aboard Discovery with or without us. Ask him if he wants them to have all the answers. Not bad. We lost some good men up there. And I sent them. I have to go. Who's the third? Chandra. He designed Hal. He can reactivate him. I think he is Hal. I know. Yeah, but can you trust him? No. But I have to. You have to know why Hal malfunctions. What else has that guy been in? The the black guy? Yeah. Uh, it's a, a bunch of... This was his last role. I think he died after this movie. Was he but in I mean, for Red October? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, because no, this he this was his last role. Hunt for Red October came out in 90. Okay. This was his last role. I, I, the guy looks so familiar, but I can't place well, what specific role. Before they zoomed in on him, I thought for sure it was Paul Winfield. And maybe that's who I'm thinking it was. I don't know. It's possible. But now we're in Dr. Chandra's office, who is played by Get Bob, a Good Look Bob Balaban, yeah. Yes. And he's got Hal's counterpart, Sal, and who did you recognize the, who the voice was of Sal? No, Candace Bergen. Is it really? Yeah, is that she uncredited? Was in, no, she's credited Murphy. Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown. There you go. Um, and they're talking about Hal, and he asks her, "How do we get the answers?" And she says, "Well, somebody must return to Discovery, and that somebody should be you." And then he says, well, that's going to happen. And he wants to futz around with her and disconnect the systems and then reconnect to see what will happen. And he asks her, how do you feel about that? And there's some talk of the phoenix rising from the ashes. And then they have this final exchange before he disconnects her. 
And do you know why I chose that? Yes, because you have hopes that Hal can be reactivated. Yes, with your assistance. Are you ready? I would like to ask a question. What is it? Will I dream? Of course you will dream. All intelligent creatures dream. Nobody knows why. Perhaps you will dream of Hal. Just as I often do. Now, there's some, this weird... Uh, what, do you, what do you call it? What do you, what do you call it when you assign human emotions to non-human things? There's a word for it, and I should know this. Mm, I don't know. There's um, it's the movie with Joaquin Phoenix that he falls in love with the operating system on his phone. Her? Yeah. I've never seen it. I want to. Uh, the guy is in um, Every Which Way But Loose, um, Play Misty For Me, and Fuzz. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, I that mean, guy. Yeah, that guy. Exactly. <laughs> but uh now we're at we're at Floyd's house and his kid is feeding some dolphins and the first thing I thought of when I was doing this rewatch was, oh, yeah, everybody has dolphins in 2010. Right. And <laughs> Floyd is eating dinner with his wife question mark and it is his dol- his <laughs> it is his dolphin. It is his wife. And she's prattling on about she has some kind of presentation and she doesn't want him to go. And he's completely not paying attention to her. Right. But she's a marine biologist. That's why they have the dolphins. Not everybody, you know, we weren't living in this dolphin utopia where everybody (laughs) had dolphins in 2010. But the the kid is just laughing that Floyd isn't paying attention to her. And do you like having your missus at things if you have to give a presentation, for example? Uh, Yeah. Because so like a she, scouts thing or yes, it's because she'll give me she'll give me honest feedback. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that, and it's not as important now because I the the, the I've I've twerked and futzed around with how I give a presentation and how I present myself at big scouting options, and um, now I I remember I remember I used to get so nervous about doing that, and now it's kind of something that I really look forward to doing because I mean. You know, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I, I kind of feel like I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. So I, I, for me, I like having Jen at some things. When I do a comedy show, I like having her there just because mm-hmm. number one, get, she she will give me honest feedback. She will tell me I sucked if I did. Yeah. Hockey. I don't like having her at hockey very much just because. You're hockey mat. I'm, well, I'm hockey mat. That's part of it. But also I get hurt a lot. Oh, um, okay. And and she doesn't need to see that. Okay. And, and soccer is kind of like eh, half and half. All right. But you know, you, you talk about presentations and patting yourself on the back. Uh, the the last presentation I gave for work, after I was done, I got a call from the our company president who wasn't there, but they had like uh, like dialed into it. They were they were uh, you know skyped into it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they they call me. Hey, I just wanted to say I thought you did a good job. And and she, and she said you're a really good presenter. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's one of the things. Like I can, I can present the hell out of something. Uh-huh. <laughs> the presentation might not be great, but I can stand there and I can hold a room and I can do that because I've done that enough. Sure. But what is what is the wife giving a talk about? Uh, I don't even know. It's about dolphins. And the well, ki- kid okay. says, uh, fish again. And then the wife says, no, you stupid fuck. <laughs> They're mammals. 
But then in the middle of her Linguinian clams, he he drops the, hey, by the way, yeah, I got I'm that. going on the flight in four months. I'm going on the flight. Four months. Where are you going, Daddy? On a long trip. Isn't Mommy hungry? I don't think so. And then right after that, she uh, slams her wine glass into the sink. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, she does. Uh, what, but, what, what good does that do? It does. It. I don't It's like taking a plate of food and throwing it at a wall. Or somebody dies and you pick up a vase of flowers and you smash it on the floor. I don't know. We're, we're going to get to it later, but in, in the latest episode of Yellowstone, Dutton walks in to his living room. Oh, yeah. And he picks up like this crystal and he's about to throw it at the wall. And Beth is like, no, no, no. Pick something else to break. <laughs> yeah. That's been in our family for 120 years. But she walks away. She's not happy. She kind of looks like she's in shock, actually. Yeah. And she is... This is the one. This is one of Sam Malone's hot girlfriends from Cheers. Well, he, I mean, was she he, in it for more than one episode or? I think one episode, but I just remember she was also in, she was Steve Martin's girlfriend in All of Me. Oh, okay. But I mean, hot piece of ass. What was your take? I liked her. Uh, she reminds me of a modern actress, but I can't think of her name. That's, she's in those, uh, those movies that everybody loves. But I don't think are that great. They're all almost all improv. Uh, the one like the one about the dog show, best in show. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. She was in. She was in the first. No, she was. She was the doctor. Who's the bad guy doctor in Lost in Space in the new one? You're typing furiously. No, I, I don't know. I, I haven't. I didn't watch the new Lost in Space. Oh, you didn't watch that. Um, let's see. What else? Would the she, one with Joey. With Joey. Yeah, Joey was nope. in the Lost in Space movie. No, the, the the Netflix series. Oh no, I didn't watch that. I didn't watch either who's, of them. Okay, who's the bad? Who's the bad guy in 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 in, in Lost in Space? Doctor, Doctor... Petraeus, Zhivago, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doctor Rosen Rosen, <laughs> yeah. Doctor Rosen Penis. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but she plays that role in the new. I, I think I know who you're talking about. Okay. And she's in, she's, she is like the queen of indie movies. Okay. And yeah. Did she take the place of, oh, Parker Posey? Parker Posey. There you go. That's not who I was thinking of. Oh, well, well, well then. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know who else you, you would be referring to in those, uh, best in show and, um, what are the other movies that they've done? I think they did one. Waiting of for like, Guffman. There's like a grand old Opry radio station that they do. Something like that. Two Girls, One now, Cup. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, Two Girls, One Cup. But now there's a montage of him uh, to the song Hearts on Fire from Rocky IV. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing some work on the beach uh, with... Uh, Apple TC. <laughs> yes. He's working out and then he's running while his kid is riding a recumbent bicycle. Yes. And there we see an electric car that that's the the way of the future. These electric cars will be everywhere in 2010. But um he explains to his kid that it's a two and a half year round trip. 
Yeah, but he says that they'll be able to FaceTime, but he's going to be in hypersleep for most of the trip. Right. And the kid asks if he's going to die. Well, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but not on this trip. No, no. I'm going to investigate a place where everybody died, but don't worry about me, son. But uh, that night, he's in bed um, with his wife, and they have a sweet-ass saltwater fish tank above their bed. Yeah. And they have a – I'm calling it a post-coital discussion about everything mm-hmm. that's going on. And she's trying to be mature, but – I want to be grown up. I'm understanding about all this. I really do. I'm trying so hard, but I can't. This won't bring back those men. You've been punishing yourself for years for something you thought you did wrong or didn't do right. And now you're looking for absolution. You know, you could get yourself killed. I'll be scared enough for both of us. Yeah, it reminds me of a song I'm sure you're not familiar with called uh, Never an Absolution. Mm, no, I am I am not familiar with that. Okay. Uh, uh, what is it? Unable to stay, un- unwilling to leave. Oh, okay. They're both from Titanic, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. But of course af- they af- after that clip is over, they bang again. And it is the morning for him to leave home and... He's looking in on his kid. And he checks his stopwatch for his sanity to make sure that he can tell the difference between 30 seconds and a minute. What's that from? Oh, that's from Blue Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but now we're at the, the, in the Russian spacecraft, and it's going towards Jupiter, and we see the moons. And they wake up Floyd. The, the pods from 2001 look more like, oh... The the mm, from your eyes only the underwater sea suit, suit that the bad guy was in yes, but in this it's more like just a a plexiglass capsule. They got all kinds of wires and hoses and everything hooked up to them. Oh oh, you're you're talking about the sleeping pod. Yes, from oh. two thousand one, they're more like tucked all into this real tight capsule that you can only see their face. Yeah, I I, I thought you were talking about the the pods. Um, which come up a little bit later, like the, oh, the pods oh. for the, you know, the okay. EVO. Yes. Or EVA. EVA, yes. But uh, they wake Floyd up and he says, well, I feel shaky. I'm hungry, I think. And he asks, are we there yet? And they said, well, we're two days away. Don't you think they would have woken like all these Americans up like a week out? Like, hey, let's get your sea legs underneath you. Let's start looking at the data and that sort of thing. Uh, they, they want to have the Americans kind of on their back foot, so I suppose. But, but you know, they, they say that they're you know his government wanted uh, them to to awaken him. And I I, I don't know why I, I think this was a joke, but they I, in my notes it says they give him smelling salts. But uh, they, they've discovered some strange data coming from Europa. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing. Uh, no yeah. need to wake the others. And then he's asking for a spectral analysis. They did it. Nothing conclusive, but there's something down there. And it's he's moving. Is it moving? Yes. And then he's he's starting to get a little bit irritated. Yeah. And is this where your butt heads thing goes? Yes. All right. What's going on here? What do you mean? Well, 
I may not be the swiftest guy in the world, even when I'm not hungover, but I do seem to remember a process where you people ask me questions and I give you answers, and then I ask you questions and you give me answers, and that's the way we find out things. I think I read that in a manual somewhere. Your government wanted us to awaken you when we reported our findings. We did that. You're here to help us reactivate the Discovery and its computer systems because that is United States territory. You are authorized to observe other aspects of our mission. We have no other obligation. A lot has happened while you have been asleep. It is not our choice. The problem in Central America is growing worse. This looks as if you've detected the presence of chlorophyll. The United States is threatening a naval blockade. There's nothing but ice down there, so how the hell can there be any chlorophyll? You know, and I know, that my country cannot allow a blockade. How fast is it moving? We are under instruction. Listen, just because our governments are behaving like asses doesn't mean that we have to. We're supposed to be scientists, not politicians. How fast? Dr. Floyd, I am also an officer of the Soviet Air Force. Oh, good for you! How fast? One meter per minute. Don't worry, I'm just observing. What is that from? That's uh, Christian Bale's rant. Oh, from when he went off on the crew in Terminator oh, Genesis. Okay, <laughs> but okay. So I mean, there are literally thousands of blinking lights and buttons mm-hmm. that all look the same. Yeah, and I I know you're going to know what this clip is from. We've all got our switches, lights, and knobs to deal with, Striker. I mean, down here, there are literally hundreds and thousands of blinking, beeping, and flashing lights. Blinking and beeping and flashing. They're flashing and they're beeping. I can't stand it anymore. They're blinking and beeping and flashing. Why doesn't somebody pull the planet, sir? That is not the last clip from that movie that will pop up <laughs> right. in this podcast. Okay. I know which one I think I know what you're talking about. But they're going to send a probe down. Uh, no, not Matt's. Favorite kind of probe, <laughs> but I'm thinking they have a lot of fucking consoles. I mean, they there's as you said, there's tons of buttons and monitors and stuff, and the probe is activated by. It reminds me of the ROV stuff they have for deep sea, except you don't actually stick your arms in it, but you have two arms that you oh yeah you use to to control the probe. It was pretty cool, and. I noted the the special effects to this point are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And there are one or two things that are a little bit dodgy, but for the most part, the special effects throughout are, are pretty good. But yeah. the noise is increasing in, in speed and pitch as the, the probe. Beep, beep, the beeping. Yes. It's like a submarine sonar. And I think it actually says sonar um, on one of the screens. All right. And, but he's creeping up and he's watching the displays and he wants to know, is it organic? And I think it's Max says, I think so. Yes. And that, and that there's a spotlight that's that they're, I mean, obviously it's a very small model. Yes. <laughs> but still the, the, the footage is grainy. Um, so, you know, you, they can get away with it, but it's the, the beeping is rapid. And then we see the spotlight on something green. And then it is shot the fuck out of there. Yeah, Flash goes shooting past the ship, and it reboots all of their systems. And that's why I say is the first bad effect. Yes. But they're doing a, what I call post-mortem, or a 
retrospective on, on the probe, trying to figure out, you know, kind of what is going on. And I think that you have. Yes, I have a clip. Let me get this straight. There's no telemetry. It's all gone. What about the bear company borders? Nothing. Everything was erased. It was an electrostatic buildup of some kind. We'll probably find more of that when we get close to I.O. This happened before. There was something down there. It was organic. There was life. You don't know that. I believe that. What are you suggesting we do? We should send another probe. We are getting farther away from Europe, right? It would be difficult. Can we slow down? No, we don't have the fuel. How do we know that the same thing wouldn't happen again? Electrostatic buildups don't occur that often. It wasn't any buildup. Oh, really, Dr. Floyd? And just what do you think it was? A warning. Oh, there's something down there. We all saw it. We read the data and we know it's there. But suppose, just suppose, that it had something to do with the monolith. Now, before you get that look on your face, just listen to me for a minute. Sending probes out here since the 70s. So have you guys. But none of us have ever encountered even the slightest signs of chlorophyll on any of Jupiter's moons. Never. And we certainly were close enough, weren't we? Nine years ago, the monolith was detected here. Discovery was sent up and everything went wacko. You catching my drift? So here we are, nine years later, trying to figure out what the hell happened and, and what the monolith is all about. And guess what we discover along the way? the possibility of life of some kind where it never existed before. I don't think it's electrostatic anything. I think something wants us to stay away from Europa. And you know, the whole Europa thing comes up later, mm -hmm. but it's never explained why. What is special about Europa? And honestly, if it wasn't for these movies, I would not be able to name any of the moons of Jupiter. Oh, see, I know my kids are interested in space, and for some reason, they know Europa and Io, because I guess those are the two moons of Jupiter that could sustain life. Okay. Okay, okay. you're a smart guy. Maybe you can answer this for me. Jupiter, obviously, it's the biggest planet in our solar system. Mm -hmm. And it's supposedly, and I'm doing the, the finger quotes, a giant ball of gas. Sure. How do we know that there's not a solid core in there? I think we've sent probes through it. You can't, though. The gravity is so... Oh, the gravity, I mean, well, yeah, it wouldn't be able to escape. Jupiter, I mean, Jupiter is one of the reasons why our solar system works because, or why we can sustain life on Earth, because the gravity is so strong that it, anything that might come crashing to Earth gets pulled away. Its trajectory gets pulled away by Jupiter. I remember a science teacher telling me that if there was an inner core on gravity, that somebody with our type of structure and density would have to be 13 miles tall in order to live under that type of gravity. Okay. But I mean, how do we know? How do we like Saturn and Uranus? Uh, well, I know what happens with Uranus, <laughs> but Uranus and Neptune are all gas giants. How the fuck do we know that? Uh, educated guess that that's that's probably what it is. You look at the you, you look at the data. It's a scientist, somebody who's really smart, looks at the data and goes, "Yeah, that's there's no solid core there." But still, it's an educated guess, right? Yeah, because you, you think about it, all the things that we know, finger quotes, mm -hmm. it, a lot of that is is educated guesses and suppositions and right. 
you know, there are things where we have how how much of Mars has been mapped? Like like five blocks? Right. Of tiny fraction. And you know, we think that we know all these things and okay, there's ice on Mars and there's ice on the moon and a lot of it is is just guesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say that it's a guess and something may one day happen that completely disproves it and then it's like well it doesn't matter and you you think about uh to bring it to a a modern comparison science evolves mm-hmm. and one of the things is okay this is what we think you find out you were wrong the, the most important thing to me is when you give me new truths is you say, well, we thought this, we were wrong, this is what we now believe based on whatever. Right. And that is not what happened with COVID. Sure. Because all these experts were saying COVID is this, this, and this. And then three weeks later, COVID is this, this, and this, which is different than what they were saying before. And they never mm-hmm. said, well, we were wrong. Right. And and that was that's kind of the thing. There were there were certain things that if if certain people had said, we thought based on the information we had that this was the truth and it turned out we were wrong, that would have bought them some credibility in my mind. And the fact that they refused to admit that they were wrong in their educated guesses, and a lot of that stuff, that's what it is. And that's the same thing with this. It's, it's educated guesses. Yeah. And now when the next big virus comes, people are going to be like, fuck you. And then three quarters of the planet's going to get wiped out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... If it happens, it happens. Right. Right. But immediately we jump from that clip. So he, Floyd, a lot of the clip, there's a lot of the information that we get are in emails sent back to his wife. Right. And I didn't pull all of them. I pulled a couple, but this one I felt was kind of important to to have this information. Dear Caroline, I miss you terribly. The time has come to put ourselves in an orbit around Io which is where the discovery is. We don't have enough fuel to slow ourselves down, so we are about to use a technique called aerobraking. The theory is we will enter the outer layer of Jupiter's atmosphere using what is called a balute for a shield. The atmosphere will slow us down and Jupiter's gravity will grab hold of us and slingshot us around behind the dark side. If all goes well, we'll wind up in a gentle orbit around Io. It's dynamite on paper, of course, the people who came up with the numbers on the paper aren't here. Since no one has ever done this before, everyone up here is as scared as I am. The difference is they're busy. Yeah, and you cut that clip off because that was actually one of the times that I was actually, I had a clip that was in the same area mm-hmm. and, and I used yours. You cut it off right before mine would have ended. It is he, he says right after that, he has nothing to do but worry. Right. And... This is the first time this happens, but it happens a couple times in this movie where they're coming up on deadlines or they have countdowns. And usually when with space travel, you know, the when an astronaut is going up in a spacecraft, they are locked into the spacecraft. They are in position an hour, two hours before liftoff. Mm -hmm. They are getting down to, oh, we got 15 seconds left. Better buckle myself the fuck in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But he's sitting in his room, and it's his room is almost like a zoo cage. Sure. I mean, it doesn't offer a whole lot of privacy unless there's blinds that come down. 
mm-hmm. but there's they're battening down the hatches. Yeah, and all the doors are closing. Some giant these, balloons are helping helping can come out. And you didn't actually say you you had a thing about what the Russian spaceship reminded you of. No, we already did that with with the Shatner. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. Yes. But um, some chick comes in by Floyd and she's obviously scared. And this goes this. Now, this comes back to the open. Uh Do you think he has a fear boner and she gives him a scared jerk? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Fear boner. Fear boner. Yes. But they buckle in. Anticipation. Anticipation. Yes, but they they buckle in together. Uh, the ship is groaning there as it's going through its process, and there's this giant ball of flame that is slingshotting around Jupiter, leaving a big trail behind it. Yeah, it's it's a fireball as it goes into and out of the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and they actually speak Russian a lot in this film. That isn't that isn't subtitled. Except it's none of it is subtitled because I was, <laughs> yes, because I was watching it on Plex and I was like, "Uh oh, what am I missing here?" And then I went over and jumped and HBO started Max. watching on, on HBO, you know, because I was you were about to get a text from me going, "Hey man, are there subtitles that we're supposed to be reading?" Nope. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's interesting because there, there's going to be a movie in what you watch in that we're going to be talking. Both of us will be talking about that in its predecessor. Lots of subtitles. Okay. Um, but yeah, no subtitles. You don't know what the Russians are saying. But the countdown's but in English. Is it in English? Yeah. Maybe they just want Floyd to be able to hear it, or it's for the audience's benefit. Probably the audience's know. benefit. But yeah. it's going around Jupiter. Things are calming down. They're releasing the balloons, and everybody is relieved. And then two Russians have a conversation that we don't understand. And then after his scared jerk from his fear borner, she gives him a kiss on the cheek. She says, are you done? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Tosses him a roll of toilet paper to clean himself up. And then... But uh, now we're hearing, um, my God, it's full of stars over and over and over again. Yes. And Floyd is is called to the medical bay. And the set designs in this film are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. the uh, other Americans are are now up. Yes. How do you feel? Oh, like shit. That's about right. I have this terrible taste in my mouth. Takes about 12 hours, then it goes away. Everything all right? Yeah, everything's fine. Are we there yet? Well, we should reach the discovery by tomorrow morning. How is air breaking? We're here, so it worked. Oh, I wish I could see that. I wish I could have slept through it. Oh, by the way, all your messages are in the communication bay. They're probably decoded and copied by this time. I hope you didn't have anything private. There's a certain paranoia here. Yeah, what the hell is going on? This doctor, what's his name? Rudenko. Rudenko. Yeah, he acted like he'd found us under a rock. It's the Honduras thing. It's getting See? worse. Still? Yes. It's a blockade. The Russians try to break it. I don't know. It doesn't look good. Do we have all the telemetry on the discovery and the monolith? They're all in your cassettes. I don't expect too much cooperation from this crew. I wonder what's the matter with them. Not their fault. Or maybe it is. Oh, God. If it has to taste like this, I don't care if my electrolytes are balanced or not. There's more. Something extraordinary has happened on Europa. But we shouldn't talk here. 
So they, they have a, a taste like somebody shit in their mouth. Yes. And not in a so, good way. No, not in a good way. So, okay. So in this sleep, this obviously you figure that he talked about a two and a half year round trip. So mm-hmm. you figure, you know, 13 months there, four hour, four, four months to study and do whatever. And then 13 months back. I thought so it was two there, and a half years there. No, two and a half year round trip. Okay. All right. First of all, okay. I, I never broached this question when it originally came up in this movie. Would you do that? Would you leave your family for two and a half years? Because that kid was, what, 10? Mm-hmm. And you're going to come back and he's going to be a teenager now? And your wife is going to be getting some strange trim on the side? Well, if it's trim, I'm fine with that. I mean, okay, strange strange cock yeah. on the side. I mean, would you do that? Would you bail for two and a half years? Uh, that, that That's a great question. And you bring up the kid thing, which the kid thing is would probably make it a no. Yeah. Um, outside of that, you know, you think about opportunities to do things that take you away and not even mm-hmm. for two years, but for a month, two months, three months even. And it, it's kind of a, it's a selfish thing to do that, to actually even consider it. And yeah. for me, the answer is yes. Oh, to go into, to be able to have that opportunity to go in space and be an explorer and see something that only a handful of people will ever see. Or go on Big Brother. I mean, either. Because <laughs> you got, I mean, you have to think, he's asleep for most of it. So he's not missing out. Or, or so, you know, he doesn't think he's missing out. Well, Whereas, no, yeah. you know, to his wife and kid, it's a two and a half year slog. For, right. For him, it's three or four months, maybe. I, but, I think that's a conversation that you have to have with, you know, your your family, uh, yeah. probably your wife, and say, you know, do what you have to do. That yeah. that That's the tough part of it. Yes. Um. And, you know, Jen and I have talked about how not if not if one of us dies, because if one of us dies, it's like, yeah, live your life, do your thing, mm-hmm. be happy. But if if one of us has a like a stroke or is in a car accident or, you know, is, you know, no longer that person. Mm-hmm. If if I'm in you know I'm in a car accident I'm brain dead I'm in a coma but I still live for another three years which I shouldn't because I have a DNA or a yeah. DNR sorry DNA I have you know Department of Natural actually and never mind I they're both the same they're both DNR yes <laughs> but I I don't have deoxyribonucleic acid uh but if if that happens you know she has to do what she has to do and. Sure. I I think that's fine. Uh, and this is the same thing on a smaller scale. Do you do you have that discussion say okay, you can find yourself a side piece? No, I well uh, are you asking me if I've had that discussion? No, with I'm my not wife? I, I'm assuming you no. wouldn't have had that discussion, but no. I mean, what do you think? If my wife was going away for two and a half years, I think I would stay loyal. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, man. Because well, you can, because what if you fall in love, you know, and then that person comes back and you are two and a half years removed from them. It's, and, and you have fallen for somebody else. 
they're they're it's almost like they're dead in your mind. Yeah. So that, I mean, that, it's yeah, it's, that makes sense. What's 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 there's there's a movie or there's something, fuck, where somebody it's not Castaway because he was gone for four years and and they both played out four years of time, but oh, God it's, damn it, uh, Interstellar. The, no, it's not Interstellar. It's oh Dead Zone, where you know in his mind in his coma for three years it's snap of a finger and for her you know she had to go out and get you know some new cock <laughs> sarah <laughs> sarah you know, my cock still works <laughs> get a coma bang <laughs> yes <laughs> but um and but then and then my other question about this is okay so when all three of them wake up when when Scheider wakes up and the other two guys wake up they have an amount of facial hair on their face so they're put in suspended animation so to speak but they're still aging partially yeah, just a it, little bit it, it is about a probably uh 1/30th is what it is okay. because i think right. they say your heart rate goes down to 1 beat per minute okay so i mean obviously their body is going to be required to get fluids and then they also, got tubes and stuff they, and they got catheters right <laughs> um, or they're going to have to wake up the same way that I feel right now and have to go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat uh, okay when, when when I was in in the lobby I, I found someone to tap for me and I figured I'd bring him in for a, a brief discussion. She has no idea what this is about, but it is very relevant to the discussion okay. we we're just having. So let's say okay. I went. Hold on, on a second. Yeah. Hold on a second. First, yeah. how do you feel about Matt's black leather jacket? <laughs> it's old and I bought him a new one years ago and it's still hanging in the closet. Yes. It's a really nice yes. North Face man, jacket. Man, mean. Yes. That's mean, oh. man. It's like because on his picture with his 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 picture with the dog that he posted on Facebook, I made the comment, "Hey, 1997 called. They want their black leather jacket back." Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I said, I told, I said, "Hey, man, you make good money, and your wife makes good money. Why don't you go out and get, get like a nice North Face or something?" I bought him that like five years ago, and it oh. it is still in the closet. I'm sure the tags mm-hmm. are still on Just it. It's like Doug. Oh. Sh- <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> yes. Okay, fuck offs all around. Okay. But, okay. All right, so hypothetical situation. I am going on a journey into space. For two and a half year round trip. Two and a half years round trip. What are the parameters we put in place around that? Okay, we're going to have to have a really big talk because I can't go two and a half years <laughs> without some loving. So, and when she do- and when you have your talk, she's going to take her glass of wine and smash it in the sink. <laughs> it's from the movie. Yeah. So, so okay. Let let's say yes. You are allowed to do what you have to do to fulfill your needs during that time frame, and this is a joint American. Russian space mission. Does that mean that I'm allowed to get some Russian strange at the same time? No. Okay. So, wait, 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 wait. So, so keep no. in mind, keep in mind also, he will be asleep. Dog, for you're not helping. Of the trip. She, she doesn't need to know that. 
he'll be he'll be asleep for like thirteen months, have four months of work time, and then asleep for another thirteen months on the way back. You get no strange, but none. You, but okay. you but you get yours exactly. Because it's your choice to go do this for two and a half years to be away from me, and then now knowing the sleep thing, yeah, you can go four months without sex. Where's Where's my I have chosen poorly. (laughs) 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 Okay, that's my two cents. You can go. All right, Doug. Bye, Bye, Jen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. That definitely didn't play out the way I expected. God damn it. Anyway, all right. So they slow down by discovery. They put on some retrograde rockets. Is that what you'd call them? Retrograde or retro retro rockets? rockets yeah. All right. Um, discovery and, is spinning at the axis. Yes, and not like like a log rolling. It's like a fit, giant over end. blade. Yes. And see, now this is the part that like, okay, hey, we just woke you up, and three hours later, you're gonna go on this spacewalk, John Lithgow. <laughs> And Kernow, uh, which is the name I gave you, is yes, he is that's, a that's John Lithgow. Yes, yeah, he is a he he designed Discovery. That's the reason that that he was brought along on this mission. He is not an astronaut. He is not trained for this. This is not his. This is not in his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And you know he he's what I would call an academic as as opposed to like a field person. And frankly, he's kind of a pussy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and, and Kernow is actually bitching about not being an astronaut because he and a Russian are going on a spacewalk from I don't even know what the Russian craft is called to Discovery. The the um well they call it the T Top. Okay. It's, it, it was named for one guy and then they changed it because he fell out of favor. So that guy was the first guy that's that did the spacewalk. In, for the Russians. Okay. And and the guy that they named this ship after is the first guy that did an orbit around the Earth for the Russians. Both of those events, the Russians beat the Americans. Pretty much the American, the Russians beat the Americans at everything except in the, the space race except for the moon. And wasn't it in Interstellar that they talk about that the whole moon landing was faked in order to bankrupt the Russians? Uh you know, that's something we didn't talk about. What's going on? Because I think didn't the uh, not not Apollo? What the fuck is it called? Um, Art- Artemis. Artemis. And He's taking pictures. It's you, you think about it, it. It's fifty years, and it's a huge achievement to do what we did fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. It's that's a that's a low bar. I mean, when you think about what we had technology wise then versus what we have technology wise now, the fact that that is an accomplishment at all is kind of sad in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that it was done, but still. Yeah. But the so. Russian is actually helping Kernow because he's saying not to breathe too deep, breathe normal. And as this is happening, I'm thinking I would love to do this, but this would scare the absolute shit out well, of me. Well, because the shots that they have, once the heat ball, Kernow says he's afraid of heights and he says, don't breathe. Too deep. Breathe normal. The door opens. We see the light. And the Russian, Max, who is Spider-Man's landlord in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Okay. He's got his little, what would you call that? Spock had one in Star Trek The Motion Picture. 
A little booster rocket or something? Oh, sure. Yeah. He's got, yeah, I, I don't know what, little thruster. Handle. Yes. Yeah. And Kurnow is on a tether. Um, Shouldn't they have some Kurnow. kind of sunglasses on or like a shield down? But would it be that bright? They're, they're, they're pretty far away from the sun. You'd think so, but it's not. No, but I mean, it's the light from Jupiter, I guess. Okay. But it has to be lit up. I mean, because otherwise it wouldn't look cool if it was really dark. But the, the special effects are pretty cool in this part. Because, I mean, when he's looking down, you I really feel like you have a, a grasp of the peril of how high – that they're in space and they're looking down on this planet or this they're looking down on the moon. Have you, you ever seen the uh, the Red Bull jump thing? Yes. That's another thing I would love to do, but it would scare the shit out of me. That guy could have died easily. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, if he didn't come out of that spin, because, I mean, there's there's footage of, like, the camera inside of the helmet, and it's just, yeah. I mean, that's pretty crazy. But um, Floyd says something to that he says they can't be exposed to the radiation for more than 15 minutes. Right. Um, and then, do I have a clip here? Yeah, spacewalk. Spacewalk, yeah. Do you speak any Russian? No. That's okay. I speak English real. I'm fogging up. Hey, Colonel. Have you heard the one about the marathon runner and the chicken? Don't patronize me. I'm getting nauseous. If you buy me, you'll choke. Don't close your eyes. Look at the middle of Discovery. The middle, not the ends. Look at the part where it's moving the least. Don't take your eyes off it. I'm not going to throw up. I'm an engineer, goddamn. Maybe you better patronize me a little. What about the marathon runner? Uh, I made it up. Oh. I'm an engineer, not a... Yeah, I love the dialogue in this movie, by the way. Yeah, I think it's just it's just crisp and just seems real. Yeah, I I would agree. And that is actually a big difference between 2001 and and 2010 is the dialogue is is better. And there's more of it. I think there's only like eight minutes of dialogue in the entire movie. And the acting is fucking terrible in 2001. (laughs) Yeah, it's really bad. But the, there's no lights on Discovery, and, and actually, it got to a point where I just used a capital D instead of typing out Discovery each time. Yeah, yeah, I did the same thing. But the but, shadow and light effect as Discovery is spinning mm-hmm. is really, really fucking cool. And they're they're getting really close, and then just like Doug, Colonel grabs uh, a hold of D. <laughs> See, that's why I had to tell you that I said oh, that. Yes, okay, and they hook on. And then they have to rappel down to the command module. But what and is the, the exterior covered in? Uh, sulfur. Yeah. Yeah. But as they're as they're rappelling down, they're getting heavier. Yeah. And, and he start he's, he starts to hyperventilate. Kernow does. And the Russian adjusts his CO two to help, which it, they have to do in the abyss. The the Russian. No, the guy in the abyss, they're in the submarine, and he knocks his tank after he sees the glowy thing, uh-huh. and he fucks up his mixture. But the Russian is being very, very helpful. And I guess no matter what you feel, you're out in space. Mm-hmm. We're going to put our differences aside for yeah. a minute here. Yeah, there's no time to buddy fuck each other. But this guy, Max, he's been helpful so far up to this point. It's the the it's it's Helen Mirren's character, Tanya. And then the other guy. And as I'm watching this, 
I, I know who the guy is who plays Max, and I know who Helen Mirren is, but I'm looking at all the other Russian guys, and I'm like, man, they look really familiar. Who are these guys? And it's they look familiar because I've seen this movie so many times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's been, a, it's been a spell since I've seen it. It has to have been easily a decade since I've seen this movie. But prior to that, I I had seen it a lot. But Max and Colonel, they get to the hatch, and there's light, no lights, no power, so they manually open it. Mm-hmm. And when they open the door, what, what flies out? A paper, piece of paper? piece of paper, and then the hissing air. Yeah. But Colonel says, welcome to U.S. territory. No apparent damage, and they're inside the Discovery, and there's a spacesuit there, and they found Hal, but he's shut down. Mm-hmm. And there's one, there's one pod. And I think it's uh, Floyd asks, how does Hal look <laughs> asleep? And yeah. there's one pod left, which is number three. No damage. Airlocks are secure. No power. And they, they do a thing where they're actually going to check the oxygen level. Mm-hmm. And I think you have a... It's a long clip, yeah. but I, it, I just, I, I, I like this part of the movie. It has to be at least 100 below zero. A typical Russian winter. Uh, I'm from California. We don't know from 100 below zero. Well, raise the heat to suit first. Yeah, I'm doing it. Shine your light on his face. Make sure he doesn't turn blue. He's right in front of me. Keep talking all the time. All right, Leonov. And sealing the visor. I'm swinging the faceplate upward. It's cold. I'm taking a breath. His color's okay. <laughs> There's oxygen here. I breathe regularly. It's too cold to work here without environment suits. There is strange smell here. Stale, rotten, like something has. What's the matter? Discovery, what's happening? I think. I don't know. I think you're wrong. Bowman was the last one aboard. Pool was lost outside. Bowman reported that he ejected all the rest who died in hibernation. There can't be anybody there. Maybe Bowman managed to get back to the Discovery and died here. No, no, he didn't. He never came back. It's probably the galley. Some meat went bad before Discovery froze up. That's what it is. It, this is kind of Curran doing a little bit of payback to Max for Max kept him sane on the trip over. Now yes. Curran is kind of keeping him sane inside Discovery. But if you think about it, I would think that there'd be a significant crossover between military and cosmonaut for Russia. Sure. Well, and that, I mean, that's how it was in the original space program, is everybody that was an astronaut was a Marine or Navy or Air Force aviator. But anybody that has significant military experience has seen some shit. Mm-hmm. So the fact that there might be a dead body there, I wouldn't think would bother him. But maybe if he's just, if he was just a pilot or, mm. you know, 
but it's i or think do, and I, do they I, have a coast guard in in russia perhaps they do or, the or, or national guard it's probably the navy but uh i i we we missed the part where max is talking to Kurnow and he says oh you're doing this you know you're you're doing really good the first time and and Kurnow says well how many times have you done this and he goes well this is my first time actually it's my first attempt yeah <laughs> Okay, so uh, they attach some sort of travel system between the two ships. It's like the it's like, like a pulley a row, system. Yeah, it's like a row of triangles that forms. Oh, the, yeah, the 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 bridge is what I call it. Right, and um, there the NASA boss is kind of giving them an update as to what is happening while this montage of them building this bridge. Uh, it's happening. Bring you better news. It's getting worse here. The president addressed a joint session of Congress yesterday. He said he wasn't going to back down on the blockade. I don't know which was scarier, the speech or the Congress cheering it. He evoked Lincoln. Whenever a president is going to get us into serious trouble, they always use Lincoln. I honestly don't know if we're going to be at war or not. It's terrifying to hope that the Russians are less crazy than we are when they are clearly crazy. Right now, I think you're in a safer place than we are. I just hope that there is an Earth to return to. I heard about the spoiled food in Discovery's galley. I'm glad that's all it was. I'm also glad that you got the ship under control. Kurnow is a capable man. No one knows those systems better than he does. It's a good sign that there was reserve power. Maybe the rest of the circuitry will work. We have nothing new here on the monolith. Our data confirms yours. It's not moving. And... So you had talked about the bridge being set up, and obviously in order for the bridge to be set up, Discovery had to be stopped from Mm -hmm. its, like, rotating. And there's an email or voicemail, whatever, that's sent back, and Discovery has been partially revived. And Chandra, that's what I call him, is Chandra. Yeah, in the book, he's Indian. Well, name would check out. Yes, and they wanted to get Ben Kingsley for this role because he had just played Gandhi, even okay. though he's not a white, a white, not an Indian. But well, he played what in uh, what did he play in Iron Man three? Who knows what he was in that? I don't know. He just some. I don't know. I'm not sure what that what what nationality he was. But he's but, going over, and it, I call it a guide wire thing, and. Chandra is on Discovery, and he's in a room from 2001. And okay, let me ask you: Do you think he was hanging upside down to give it the like his clothing and his hair, and it, it looked like he was, you know, it looked like he was like he was hanging upside down during the scene, and then they just flipped the the film. That'll be my guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but Hell, Hell's Eye is lit up, and Chandra is trying to reboot him, and. Hal's speech is very distorted, and this might be a little bit of a deep cut for you. I don't know, but Chandra is moving some isolinear chips, which are is like a Star Trek thing. Okay, <laughs> it's like the little chips that they put in to do stuff, and Kirk right. does it specifically in Generations to change the deflector dish. But uh, Hal's speech is slowly improving, and his voice is coming back. And then he actually pushes in all of the rest of the chips. And these are the same chips that Dave basically popped up in 2001 to shut hell down. 
Oh, okay. I did. I, I mean, I kind of figured that. But um, I, but I'm guessing they had to rebuild these sets, and they look really fucking close. They had to rebuild all of them. The only one that they didn't rebuild because it was too big and too expensive was the the living quarters on Discovery, where he was kind of doing laps. Yeah, around that thing, they didn't. They did. That's they didn't rebuild that. The only thing from 2001 that I know was not destroyed actually appeared in another film that we've talked about on this podcast. Um, would it be Bosk's suit from Empire Strikes Back? No, because that was from Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, that was from Doctor Who. Okay. No, uh, one of the pods appears in Watto's junkyard in The Phantom Menace. Oh, no kidding. But Hal is back up, and there's a display. This is ATM, so I got a little excited. <laughs> okay. But Chandra is happy, and he touches Hal's light. He has this weird thing about AI. He has a – he's got a hard-on for AI. Well, he built it, and he had a relationship with this computer, just like he had a relationship with Sal. Do you think she would give him a virtual drink? <laughs> Yeah, she, she does a, a um, what is it called? Um, JOI. <laughs> she does JOI for him. Okay. But Floyd gives Curran something as they're going over the electrical circuit diagrams. This is the one that feeds into hell, right? Yeah. All right. I want you to install this little baby right about there inside the cable trunking. I want you to put it where nobody can find it without a deliberate search. No shit. No shit. Yeah, this is pretty neat. A non-conducting blade so there won't be any short circuits when you trigger it. Where's the remote control? If I trigger it. The control's in my compartment. A little red calculator? You've seen it. Yeah. Put in nine nines. Take the square root and press the integer. That's all. In case of an emergency, even you can do it. Okay, so he's got a little red calculator. Pocket calculator. Calcul- I mean, and he, he's, he says to Kieran, you've seen it. Well, I mean, is he like pulling it out all the time and typing in boobless upside down <laughs> on that calculator? Boobies, not boobless. <laughs> boobless. Boobies. No, you could do boobless also with the seven. I suppose, but why would you want to do boobless if you can do boobies? Because there was an equation that you could do that like if if one woman had – six kids and breastfed so many times a day and did this so many times she would be equal sign boobless. And and that's what you use your math knowledge for. Yes. Yes. But the word I was looking for before is anthropomorphizing. When were you looking for that word? (laughs) Assigning human characteristics to a non-human thing. Usually it's done with animals, but in this case it's done with AI. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's, start- it, it's basically a kill switch is what he, they, yes. he wants to install in Hal. But they are not telling Chandra because of his whole fetish Love. for AI. Yes. yes. But they are closing in on the monolith and all the Americans and Russians are talking around the table. One of the Russians asks if Hal has any information on the monolith. He does not. Um, and then they have this conversation. It's the proportions. One by four by nine, they're perfect, even when carried for six decimal places. The small one on the moon? 
we encountered exactly the same proportions. One, four, nine, the squares of one, two, three. We spent years trying to attach some cosmic significance to that. It came up with nothing. We can speculate all we want. It will not do us any good. If for some reason or other it is resisting our instruments, then we must make a closer inspection. I will send Max down with a pod. I wouldn't do that. Oh, really? You wouldn't? That's right, I wouldn't. It's not a pile of junk out there. We don't know what the hell it is, except that it's very large and seems to have some purpose. If you want to send a pod down, send an unmanned one. I don't agree. I would like to know. Dumb. A piece of pie. Cake. Piece of cake. And then... Helen Mirren's character, she questions Americans' bravery or the yes. American bravery. And what does Floyd counter with? She goes, what happened to American bravery? He says, what happened to Russian common sense? Yeah. She doesn't give a shit, though. She's sending Max in a pod. And she, she, she doesn't care what he has to say. Yeah. Everything is super cool about this scene where the pod is coming down on, like, the elevator. and We can see all the chains and the pulleys that are moving it and shifting it and everything. Um and then it's, it gets, comes down on the elevator. It's It gets on a track to an airlock. And, and Yeah, Curran and Max have become friends based on their bonding on their initial, like, spacewalk over to Discovery. And these Russian pods are different. And I, I said it looks like a lunar lander in a way. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. It looks like a, a miniaturized version of the lunar ladder, whereas the pods on Discovery are round. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, he's dead, right? <laughs> right. No, you know, okay, the pod, the 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 sleep compartments on Discovery in 2001, they look like the bad guy's suit from inner space. Okay. Okay. That's where you, all you can see is just the face and it's just like a like a, almost like a a mummy tomb. Yeah. That 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 tracks. Okay. But the pod is on its way to the monolith and he's having trouble getting any kind of readings on his gauges or his sonar sonar. <clears throat> Excuse well, it's me. because of it's because of this. He uh, says this. Uh we're passing through the magnetic field. Okay. See, I, I, I thought it was maybe, I think somebody says, well, maybe it's being jammed. We've got to be okay. able to get some kind of reading on that shield up or down. Well, how could they be jamming us if they don't know if we're coming? Break off the attack. The shield is still up. I got no reading. Are you sure? Pull up. All craft, pull up. Same franchise, different movies. Yeah, that little that dun 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 got a little bit hard right there. <laughs> but as the the probe or the the pod is going out, Floyd says to have the pod expand expand its arms. Which, <laughs> hey, look, come come here, come give me a hug. I'm thinking that's more of a threatening gesture. Well, that's the- that's what they says. It's a well, like that could be threatening. Um, but as he gets closer, there's a light show that's going on of all these. Specks of light bouncing all over the place on the on the monolith. Yes, and he and, says there's no reflectivity, can't see any of the surface features, and uh, there's another beam that is similar to the one that came out when they were looking at the uh, chlorophyll. Yeah, from, was it Io or was that Europa? Europa, okay, Europa, and 
someone is yelling at Max, get out of there, get out I of think there. That's Colonel that says that. That yes. would have been a great thing from Star Trek Three. Mm-hmm. But the Flash goes all the way back all to Earth. Way. Right, right. And John Glenn's wife from The Right Stuff. <laughs> She's stuttering. Having, oh, God. You had to go there, didn't you? Just kidding. Um, she's watching the news. Secretary of State Caulfield met with the president for two hours this morning at the White House. Afterward, he had no comment for reporters. The president has scheduled a news conference for this evening at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Did you recognize who the news guy was? No, I did not. Reading now the hour's top story from the L.A. news desk. Police Captain Andrew Bogomil has been gunned down in broad daylight. <laughs> wow. Yeah, same guy. He's apparently on the payroll for doing uh, news broadcasts. Yeah, he's been typecast. <laughs> but Right. But but the, the TV fades out and, oh, who's on the TV now? It's Dave from 2001, and he's That's asking right. for Betty. Yes. Hello, Betty. Hold on, pause the clip. Ah, pause the clip. Um, before he does that, did that, he took off his Darth Vader mask with the Nazi helmet and ate, uh, ate her out <laughs> on the bounce house. Okay. You know what I'm talking We're about, right? The nerds, yeah. <laughs> yes, Betty. Okay, sorry. Now, repeat after me. Shit. Sorry, I'm... it's the wrong one. So I'll, I'll, I'll get back there. Talk to me. Dave. Dave. Is that you? I'm not sure. I remember Dave Bowman and everything about him. Dave is dead. Old Dave Bowman really was it's still a part of me are you here i don't know why i think to say goodbye you're married again yes is he a good man yes he is does he have a big cock <laughs> i'm glad I love you. Dave, I love you. Goodbye, Betty. Go. I'm already there. I understand. Something's going to happen. And I wanted to say goodbye. What's going to happen? Something wonderful. His eyes kept flashing. Well, did you notice that there were little sparks in the room that were occurring also? I, I just saw his eyes were kind yes, of flashing. But those same lights, it just like it just happened for a split second in the room, like a dozen times it happened. Okay, so again, let's let's do it the hypothetical. Uh-huh. Your wife is your wife is you've been dead for ten years. Okay, all right, and you have the ability. And your wife is happily remarried. Yes, she still mourns you, but she's moved on. Right. And and God says, hey, man, do you want to go on the TV and, and talk to your wife for like 30 seconds uh-huh. and completely fuck with her? Yeah, it's kind of cruel, honestly. <laughs> a, little, a little bit. 
It's like it's like Tom Hanks coming back to Helen Hunt's house. Knock knock knock. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Can I have my Jeep? L- l- let me let me see if I can if I can do this. Jeff, are you there? <laughs> you Why, promised Matthew? you would not give the ass to anybody else. <laughs> Matthew, are you wearing your black leather jacket in heaven? That's why I died, because you were mean <laughs> to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, This it, podcast it, is taking a strange turn. <laughs> Different. I mean, I, I'm really enjoying myself, but okay. it's, it's, gone, it's gone off in some really weird weird ways to okay well here, here's another one okay one of the things that I'm, I'm not a big mcu guy i think you're a bigger mc i think you're bigger dc than mcu but no it's i like the mcu okay i have not i have after uh endgame i have not enjoyed the next phase of marvel just you're, doesn't do it for you're me. not looking forward to quantum mania I, I'll see that just because I like what's his face, Paul Rudd. Um, Paul Rudd. No, I and, uh, I, I saw the, the first the, one. And, I didn't see the second one. Okay, and the Michael Douglas munch out. Um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, first of all, Thanos's whole thing. Mm-hmm. Net positive for the world at large. Okay, one, one of the best things that could possibly happen to the planet as a whole. Is a serious population reduction? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Second thing is, okay, so they have the, the blip. That's what it's called, right? The blip. Mm-hmm. Now you have, they they do the unblip. Yes. All these people come back and a guy goes home and he walks in his apartment and some some random guys, you know, going down on his wife. Like, hey, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or you have to, you have to think also... You're no longer producing food for seven billion people. You're producing food for three point five billion dollars. Three point five billion people. Right. You're going to have a mass starvation. You're going to have a mass starvation. You're going to have all these people that all their property is now gone. Yeah. And it, it's going to be a shit show trying to clean all that stuff up. Mm-hmm. And how many years was it between the blip and the unblip? Five. Oh, yeah, people have moved on at that point. Sure, yeah. and and it's not that you don't want your son, your husband, your wife, your parents back. It's just it it's gonna fuck everything up. Mm-hmm. So honestly, the Avengers are villains. Yeah, I guess that's a way of looking at it. And Thanos was the good guy. Uh, I mean, he he was doing something terrible, but he was doing it for a good reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah. okay. Anyway, back anyway. to on the Russian ship. Uh, Floyd yes. is trying to console Helen Mirren's character, and she's upset that Floyd brought booze on board. I think it was Kentucky whiskey. Yes, and she asks about you know what else is no that's that doesn't happen yet. Is this oh wait? Is she asked what else happens in Kentucky? Uh, yeah, in just a second. But she asks if he thinks that she was wrong to send Max. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, well, he goes, it doesn't matter what I think. But she goes, well, you think I was wrong. He goes, yep. Well, and, <laughs> then she asks, she asks about Kentucky. Yeah, what, what else, else happens? Yeah. What else? They, they play basketball. 
Well, um, I was just in they, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area. And as we pulled in, I, I said to my kids, uh, the economy is based on two things, tourism and fucking your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> God. But big, well, that was tennis. That's Tennessee, right? Yeah, that's Tennessee. But that's it's a big Tennessee. horse race, basketball. Sounds like a nice yes. place. He says he's never been there. Yes. And then she goes, I would like to see Montana. <laughs> and then she dies. Oh, no. I would have I would have liked to have seen Montana. Yes. Then I, she dies. I use that, honestly. Do you? Yeah. Okay. If you it's would, Montana, right? It's not Arizona. It's it's Montana. Yeah. If you'd okay, read Montana. my books, you'd know that. Um, All right. But uh, she asks about his wife, and it's actually – he says that she's young and bright and it's not his first wife. Right. He's a widower. He has a 17 year old daughter and then met Caroline four years later and they have a son. Five year old with a new wife. So the kid is now probably six and a half, <laughs> but her husband is a doctor, mm-hmm. which means if he emigrated to the U S he'd have to work as like a janitor. <laughs> right. But she has a four year old daughter and they talk about hooking up their kids um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's nice if they have the world that they could actually get together and and they ask what do you think it is talking about the monolith don't know and i, I don't know well, no he says he's he says what does he say oh huh? you sorry it. you can find yeah, it. yeah she goes what what is that <laughs> i don't know wait sorry hold on a second <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while but but now our crew is with Hal. We got wait 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 Kieran. Just, just one second. Okay, all right. All she, right. I don't know if it's him or her. I think it's her. She has to ask. She she says, "Do you think Max knew?" And then she says, "He's not a very practical man." Which somehow those two are tied together. And now uh, Chandra is about to talk to Hal, and he has a bunch of the other people there. Well, he's got Kieran, Floyd, and then the other Russian guy, who that we've heard in other clips before. He's got the dark hair and the big nose. But he says that he's the only one that can talk to Hal. And why is he the only one that can talk to Hal? Um, I don't know. <laughs> the accents will confuse him. Oh, okay. All right. And yeah, only Chandra can talk to him. Good morning, Hal. Good morning, Dr. Chandra. Do you feel capable of resuming all of your duties? Of course. I am completely operational and all my circuits are functioning perfectly. That's good. Do you know what those duties are? Yes, I will operate the onboard systems of discovery. There is a launch window in 31 days when Earth is in the proper position. There is enough fuel on board for a low consumption route that will enable discovery to return in 28 months. This will not present a problem. That's very good. Now, Hal, do you mind if I ask you a question? Not at all. Do you recall Dave Bowman and Frank Poole leaving the discovery? Certainly not. But Hal wants to know who the others are. Hold on a second. Yeah. When he says 28 months, the look on Floyd's face was, hey, man, I didn't sign up for that. (laughs) Because that's two and a half years right there. You just tacked on another year and a half to his round trip. It's just like Avenue 5, except not quite as painful. (laughs) Okay. But Hal wants to know who the others are, but he kind of eyeballs Floyd. (laughs) Yeah. And Chandra wants to have a private conversation, and Hal says, okay. And this goes back to 2001, mm-hmm. where um, Poole and Bowman, Bowman go into go a on. pod. Right. And Hal lip reads? Yes. 
I said six, not sex. (laughs) Yeah. And then one of them picked their nose. Yes. But Shonda removed all of Hal's bad memories. And one of the Russians says that the Hal series used holographic memory, so chronological memory deletion wouldn't work. And uh, Chandra made a tapeworm, which goes through and destroys the memories that are picked. But it's a Floyd that kind of has the most important question. What does he want to know? Um, I don't know, because right from there I go to... Yeah, why Hal got ba- all fucked up. No, the old bag in the in the hospital. No, that, that comes up right after the why Hal got fucked up. Really? Yeah. So anyway, this oh, is why okay. Hal got fucked up. <laughs> okay. Do you know why Hal did what he did? Yes. It wasn't his fault. Whose fault was it? Yours. Mine? Yours. In going through Hal's memory banks, I discovered his original orders. You wrote those orders. Discovery's mission to Jupiter was already in the advanced planning stages when the first small monolith was found on the moon and sent its signal towards Jupiter. By direct presidential order, the existence of that monolith was kept secret. So? So as the function of the command crew, Bowman and Poole, was to get Discovery to its destination, it was decided that they should not be informed. The investigative team was trained separately and placed in hibernation before the voyage began. Since Hal was capable of operating Discovery without human assistance, it was decided that he should be programmed to complete the mission autonomously in the event the crew was incapacitated or killed. He was given full knowledge of the true objective and instructed not to reveal anything to Bowman or Poole. He was instructed to lie. What are you talking about? I didn't authorize anyone to tell Hal about the monolith. The directive is NSC 342-23, top secret, January 30, 2001. NSC, National Security Council, the White House. I don't care who it is. The situation was in conflict with the basic purpose of Hal's design, the accurate processing of information without distortion or concealment. He became trapped. The technical term is an H. Mobius loop, which can happen in advanced computers with autonomous goal-seeking programs. The goddamn White House. I don't believe it. I was told to lie people who find it easy to lie. Hal doesn't know how. So he couldn't function. He became paranoid. Those sons of bitches. I didn't know. I didn't know. Actually, 2001 makes more sense after watching 2010. Okay. Because this information makes a lot of the stuff line up a lot better. All right. And if it is like, you know, if they're retconning this, they did a really fucking good job. Yeah, they sure did. Doing this to to make it work. Unless Clark had this in the back of his mind, like 2001 is so much, there's so much mystery and intrigue. Like you have to read between the lines and come up with your own theories. Mm Mm-hmm. And was Clark thinking that while he was writing the book and then decided, you know what, in 2010, I'm just going to spell it out. Now, they they mentioned a Mobius loop. Do you know what a Mobius strip is? No. Okay. I know what Mobius is in terms of the MCU, or not MCU, but Marvel. Uh, If you take a piece of paper Mm -hmm. and you take 
take it like a regular piece of eight and a half by 11 paper mm-hmm. and you cut a one inch strip off of it mm-hmm. and then you twist it once and you tape it back to itself to create a loop. Okay. You take a pen and you write on one side of that loop you've created. That loop never ends because since you twisted it, it actually comes back around on itself and you, that line will go all the way around and cover both sides. I can't picture it. You're going to have to show it to me or I'm going to have to look it up on YouTube. Okay. It's, co- it's called in, a Mobius I'm in, strip. I'm, it, in, I'm intrigued, but in my you know, low IQ mind of not being Mensa qualified, like well, you are, Matt. Yeah, I understand that. I, I get okay. it. It's, it's what I deal with every week. So uh, Sure. But now back on See, okay, 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 okay. You're this. You, we've established that you're way smarter than I am. Okay, okay. sure. I, and you, you usually rip on me or or cut me down for that on a weekly basis, which well, is why it's not, it's not like your choice which, of jacket, but which is why I get to do everything else to you, <laughs> which means I get to belittle you on Facebook <laughs> because of your wardrobe choice. Man, that's just mean. That's me. When do we see the old bag in the hospital? Right Why now. are my notes? Right now. Okay, now we see the old bag in the hospital. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Okay, so Bowman's mom, there's some doctors talking around her, and she had a stroke and is in a coma, and the doctors are talking about her. There's all kinds of shit that's fucked up with her. Yeah, how is what she was doing? The thing? Not good. Oh, how, yeah. Not how great, she Bob. What was interesting about when they gave her temperature? They gave it rectally? I don't know. <laughs> no, it was in Celsius. Okay. Well, it's they figured finally the U.S. got on the imperial scale. Mm-hmm. Or actually, is it the other one? I can never keep them straight. Which one's which? I'm not. The metric system. Well, is it imperial? Ah, fine. Whatever. I, I don't know. But she sits up and they leave. She sits up and there's a ghost brushing her hair. And then what happens to her? Uh, the ghost eats her out. <laughs> there's like a ghost porno. There's, there's, a, there's an 80s porno of the like like the ghost or an invisible man or something like that. I well, it's like Ghostbusters. Uh, Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob. Yes, by the ghost. Right. Yeah, somebody wearing an invisible, invisibility cloak is brushing her hair because you can see the hairbrush. And then she lays back down and she dies, dies happy. Now we go back to space. Mm-hmm. And things on Earth have kind of changed the way that things are now for the people that are in space. Yes. All hands to the wardroom. All hands to the wardroom, please. It is a most difficult announcement. As you know, things have not been going well back home. Well, it's gotten worse, a lot worse. Yesterday, a Soviet destroyer challenged the blockade. Several warning shots were fired across her bow. She did not respond. A second volley was fired. There still was no response. None. The nuclear destroyer USS Cunningham launched two of her Falcon missiles. Both struck the Soviet vessel amidship. She broke in two and sunk. 800 of her crew were lost. This morning... An American surveillance satellite was struck by a Soviet laser fired from the Sergei Kirov space station. 
the American satellite was destroyed. The United States has broken off diplomatic relations with Russia. All ambassadors have been recalled. The Soviet ambassador has been expelled along with the entire staff. All American air defense and satellite defense forces are on full alert. Premier Yulanova made a televised address and said that technically a state of war exists between our two countries. All American personnel are ordered to leave Soviet territory immediately or they will be placed under arrest. All Russian personnel are similarly ordered to evacuate American territory. As a result, by direct presidential order, the three of you must leave the Leonov. No Russian citizen is allowed to remain on or is allowed to enter the discovery. This order is effective immediately. The launch window for re-entry is 28 days. The discovery has enough fuel for low consumption trajectory. HAL appears to be reactivated and is functioning well enough to operate the onboard systems. The Leonov has enough fuel for a low consumption trajectory that will arrive 12 months earlier. The launch windows are critical for both spacecraft. Only communications of an emergency distress nature are allowed between the Leonov and Discovery. I know you people are caught in the middle of this in a sense. We all are. I wish there was something I could do. The only thing left for us is to pray. Pray for the safety of our families, for our countries, for our planet. May God forgive us and protect us. Basically, he's saying, sorry, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. So you know what happened when the Russians blew up the American satellite? No. George Clooney and Sandra Bullock were in space working on the Hubble Space <laughs> Telescope, okay. and their world was turned upside down. There, there was actually – that clip was originally longer, and there, they actually talked about more stuff that happened. There okay. Was, there was a spacecraft that launched from um, South Korea and was going towards the, the moon, and it was shot down over the sea of Japan. It spun <laughs> in, and there were no survivors. <laughs> Never gets old. Never gets old. Yeah, somebody new to the podcast is like, what? What? <laughs> All right. So the travel rail is is discarded. Yeah, and the, like, the 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 ribs or whatever you want to call them of the bridge. Yeah, it, it seemed like they were going up into the monolith. Into the monolith. Yes. <clears throat> and then on wow. discovery, Floyd is asking for a system status check, and apparently there's a small pressure leak in a heating unit, and Hal says. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> yes. No, thank well, you. Ask him to play chess. And he's like, nah, I don't think so. But then Hal has a message for him. Dr. Floyd. What is it, Hal? There is a message for you. Who's calling? There is no identification. What's the message? Message as follows. It is dangerous to remain here. You must leave within two days. What? Do you want me to repeat the message, Dr. Floyd? Who recorded it? This is not a recording. Who's sending it? There is no identification. I don't understand. Neither do I. Is this message by voice or keyboard? I don't know. My response is, we don't have enough fuel for an earlier departure. The answer is, I am aware of these facts. Nevertheless, you must leave within two days. Al, who the hell is sending this? I'm sorry, Dr. Floyd, I don't know. Well, tell whoever it is that I can't take any of this seriously unless I know who I'm talking to. Dr. Floyd? Yes? The response is, I was David Bowman. 
Do you want me to repeat the last response? No, no. Tell Kernow that this is no time for jokes. Dr. Kernow is not sending the message. He is in access way too. And I'll tell whoever it is that I can't accept that identification without proof. The response is, I understand. It is important that you believe me. Look behind you. And he turns around and what is there? Uh, David Bowman. There's elements of this movie that are a little bit creepy and scary. Sure. Yeah. Like the whole, you know, TV showing up and fucking with his wife. And then this part also. And. Yeah. Bowman uh, is there in his 2001 outfit and Floyd immediately shits his pants. Yes. (laughs) But uh, Floyd, Bowman walks around the corner and Floyd follows him. And this is in my notes where it says, uh, Kubrick was famous for destroying stuff from his sets. They had to recreate all of these. Mm-hmm. But as they get to the, the pod bay, which is the front of the ship that has the three different little round doors. Right. Old Bowman is now there. Yes. In my notes, it says what, he looks like Matt in one of his pictures from Tennessee. <laughs> There's a picture of you sitting on a log with Jen, and you look like Joe Biden confused. <laughs> You could have dropped the last word, but. <laughs> Is it just a given? Yeah. Right. You're just mean. <laughs> okay. But uh, <clears throat> Floyd actually talks to, well, Dave and Dave and Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talks Tell to the Dave. Floyd. Please. Believe me. And, and notice how it's distorted right now. Right. There's part of it where it's not. Are you? This is very difficult for me. I don't have much time. I've been allowed to give you this warning. You must leave here in two days. Allowed? By who? I can't explain. And see, as he goes back to young Bowman, his voice is now normal again. Correct. You see, something is going to happen. You must leave. What? What's going to happen? Something wonderful. Low jobs. But the way that Bowman or the physical approximation of Bowman is going around and he's touching things is interesting because it's weird. It is almost a discovery type thing where he is not used to tactile function or because he said in the clip when he was talking to his wife, like I have all of Dave Bowman's memories. Mm hmm. That he has these memories and he's just making contact with them like, okay, this is what he was, this is, this is the memory of this. This is the memory of this. Sure. So it could go both ways. A very interesting take though. I understand how you feel. Now he's super old. You see, it's all very clear to me now. The whole thing. It's wonderful. Please, if... 
Goodbye, Dr. Floyd. Normal age. We can have no further contact. Remember, you have two days. We can't leave in two days. There may be another message after, if all goes well. And now there's just a fetus there. <laughs> I don't know if it, no, it's, I don't think it's a fetus. I think it's a star child. Well, star child, which is a fetus. Right. I mean, and, it's. And, and Scheider's like, gives an actual what the fuck look. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But Floyd calls Tanya and he's like, hey, I'm coming on over. And he gets over there and tells her that. Well, when he says he's heading over to the Russian ship, she says, like hell you are. And then he says this. Report me. Come the fuck down here and arrest me. Yeah. Okay. But he, he gets over there and he says, get everyone off the bridge. And he tells her that they have to leave in two days. And she says she wants to know what what he means. Well, we have to leave in two days. Oh, what is it? What is it? Uh, oh, we are leaving. Is that from Aliens? I don't know. Yes, uh, when the, it's yeah, it's, it's 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 Michael Bean's character. Aliens, aliens, Marines. We are leaving. Okay, okay but or, um, or Indiana Jones. In Temple of Doom, where he goes, we are going to die. <laughs> That's when he's looking through the hole. Yes. And Willie doesn't want to touch the centipedes. Correct. Uh, she wants to know what he means. He can't really explain it. And she says that you've been drinking your Kentucky whiskey. And I can't tell you how I know. If I did, you wouldn't trust me. It's not really engendering any kind of trust there. Right. And she says, I am under orders. And so are you. And he says this. Captain, I believe I speak for everyone here, sir, when I say, to hell with our orders. I had to go deep to find any clips for this film. Nice. But she says she can't do nice. this for no reason. Yeah, because I... Right. Yeah. You went uh, Oh yeah. way deep with clips, as far as, like, just duration. <laughs> There's no time for reason. Well, I think we have a clip... We have a clip that's coming up that will probably be the longest clip ever on the Betamax Rewind. Yeah, yeah, it's not short. It's not short. No, it's not. But no, uh, no time for a reason. But he's good. got plans. Yeah. And, and then somebody says, "Good Christ, it's gone." And what is it that's gone? No, not yet. He still he has he has the he's got plans for. How they're going to get out of there? Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, Attaching the uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Even if we wanted to leave, we can't. And then there's the whole thing about the the plan to get home. You're wrong. We can't do it separately. Mm-hmm. We can do it together. Now, what are you talking about now? We have enough fuel in Discovery for our launch. You have enough fuel in Leonov for the trip home. We used a docking ring in the Leonov to attach to the Discovery. And then we used the Discovery as a booster rocket for the launch. When we use up the Discovery's fuel, we detach, she falls away, and we use the Leonov for the trip home. It'll work. See, I, I've never had good experiences with docking rings. <laughs> docking? Joey's version of docking? Yeah. 
Yeah. So the, the, he the, he puts like has one longer pen that represents the discovery, and then a shorter pen which represents the Leonoff. That was actually a practical effect that they did with magnets. There's a blooper clip that you can watch where it just takes them take after take after take to get it just right. So that it works. Sure. So that it works. Yes. But now I think it's I think it's Kernow. Well, no, they do they. I think it's they, one of the they, Russians. They show. They, well, no, it's it's Kernow. Okay. Because they're showing that there's a. And I don't know why it's in my notes that they, there's not like a montage of the them bracketing the ships together, and then Kernow is looking through the scope and he says, "Good Christ, it's gone." And what is it that's and gone? The monolith is gone. Oh, see, uh, I, I had that wrong. I thought it was the red spot is gone. No, the monolith is gone. Okay. Yes. Now the boss calls, the NASA boss, and he's sending Kernel's request for stress points. Yeah, he because Kernel asked for the tech specs on Discovery, how much torque it can take, et cetera. Yes. And yeah, the, the NASA boss or whatever the hell agency is like, uh, why, why do you need to know this? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need a reply as to why you need this information. And then he calls again later, and he's really pissed. And he's like, hey, hey, man, I really need that report. But while you're at it, check out the black spot that's on Jupiter. It's coming. It's on the far side right now, but it's coming your way. And he says, it's been 12 hours. I know there's a delay. Can you please fucking respond to me? <laughs> yeah. And all this time, all this prep is being done. And they're kind of talking over the particulars of what they need to do in order for this to be successful. And Kernow has uh, some concerns, which once again, it's the anthrop- that one A word, anthropomorphication of HAL. We made the calculations. To get enough velocity for an escape launch, if Earth get far out of position, we will need a full power burn from discovery of over 120 seconds. If the engine shut down too early, we will not have enough velocity to get back home. Well, Discovery has enough on board, and Hal should be able to control the burn, right? How long will it take you to program Hal for the launch? I don't know. It's not as simple as that. I uh, have spent the last several weeks programming Hal for a thousand-day orbit back to Earth, and now all those programs will have to be dumped. How long will it take? We know how sensitive he is to mission objectives, and now you are telling me to program him for the destruction of the Discovery as well as his own destruction. Has anybody considered his reaction? Are you saying that he might disobey orders as he did the last time? That isn't what happened last time. He was given conflicting orders, and he did his best to interpret them. Then what are you saying? I am saying that I don't know how he will react. I'm sorry, but I don't. Chandra thinks that Hal should be treated with the same respect as humans. Mm-hmm. And in a general sense, if this is your whole whole thing where it's like, okay, animals have every the same rights as humans, animals should have the same rights as humans. If you believe that, fine, whatever. But if it comes to a point where you're going to die or an animal's going to die, I think you're going to say, well, sorry, but fuck that animal. Right. I'm going to eat that animal so I don't starve to death. Or that animal, I'm going to throw it to the hyena or the lion or whatever. But Chandra is kind of doing this thing where it's like, well, he should have, he should be an equal party here. It's like, no, he shouldn't. He's a fucking machine. But they vote. And uh, Chandra loses. Mm -hmm. And they they ask, will hell do it? And he says, yeah. 
yeah. then Chandra is actually going back to Discovery. And well, hold on a second. Did you notice what Kurnow is wearing now? No, is he wearing a Russian hat? He's wearing Max's hat. Okay. That that black, like, um, it's what is it? It's longshoreman hat. It's not like the black stocking cap, but it's like the, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the black, what would you, I don't even know what you would call it. It's a Russian looking hat. It's a rat hat. It's not a rat hat, but it's got the brim and then the, the bulbous top. Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So, yes. But, yeah, they now they've got, like, a pulley system set up, which is the cables going back and forth. And Chandra goes over. And I don't know. I, all I have is more Hal talk. You're kidding. You think we should override Hal? And- okay. So before the Hal talk starts, it's it's uh, Floyd and oh Kurnow, Kurnow are, are talking about are they concerned about Chandra and, and Hal. You're kidding. You think we should override Hal and fire the engines manually? Too risky. We've only got one chance to get out of here, and that's after tomorrow's orbit. We fire those engines at the wrong time, we go off in the wrong direction, we don't have enough fuel to make a correction. I don't think we can handle it manually. What about Hal shutting him off before all the fuel is gone? Well, once he fires the engine, I can always disconnect him if I have to. We're going to have to blow the computer. Blow rock? Don't lose that calculator. Fool you! Shit. Please don't do that again. Inserted two different ones in there. Okay, 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 okay. What was the first one from? Uh, From Airplane 2. Oh, okay. Okay. And what was the second one from? Spaceballs. Okay. But no, yeah, when he asks about the calculator, he reaches in his pocket and is like, <gasps> and then holds it up. Yeah. Yes. Fool you! Yes. But now Kurnow is looking in the scope. He's looking he at goes, the black spot. And I don't know what it is, but it's a black spot. It's, uh, God, who, who's the big black guy with the monster cock that's sitting on the edge of the bed? Lexington I always Steel? Send you pictures, that I always send you pictures of. <laughs> Lexington Steel? It's not Lex. That's not Lex Steel. This guy, that guy's dead. But he's like, he lives on forever in memes across America. <laughs> I have no idea. My brother and I always send each other videos, and, and my brother's always like, I'm afraid to open it. I'm like, <laughs> it's not what you think. I promise. It's your own little Rickroll. Yeah. Except instead of uh, never going to give you up, it's a huge black cock. Mm-hmm. But uh, she, uh, Kurnow says it's too far away for any detail. They'll look at the last orbit before they launch. And Chandra is over reprogramming Hal. There's 28 minutes before the launch, and uh, Kurnow is talking. He says he misses green trees, grass, Kermit the Hot Frog. Hot dogs. They have a conversation about wieners. Yeah. Astrodome. But this, but, but this hold on a second. They have a uh, – somebody who says that Astrodome has best hot dogs, and then somebody says, no – Yankee Stadium has the best hot dogs. Kurnow says Astrodome, and of course that doesn't actually. Well, it still exists, but they don't play baseball there anymore. Right, and, and then, same with the old the Yankee, Yankee Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, yeah. But that um, John Lithgow, who is in Interstellar, has a very similar conversation with Matthew McConaughey about hot dogs. Okay, I, I didn't pick up on that, but I, I've seen Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Probably should watch it again. But I don't understand it. There's a big part of it that I just like whew, right over my head. But I think it's Floyd says uh, they can't grow good hot do- dogs indoors. <laughs> yeah. What do they think hot dogs are? <laughs> I 
but uh, Yankee Stadium, September. And they talk about uh, mustard. And just like Doug, um, one of them prefers the darker. And they ask, um, well, do you think we'll survive? And then Floyd says this. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! I have more extraneous clips than I have real clips. In this okay. Movie. Well, like I said, or like you said, I went through and pulled all the clips from the movie. But uh, Hal is questioning Chandra, and Hal asks, if we use all the fuel, we won't be able to rendezvous with Earth. And rendezvous, by the way, I could not spell right for the life of me. Okay. Um, it's and, a tough word. And then Chandra says, you will rendezvous with the new space station, which doesn't actually exist. Right. Not it's a bad totally lie, bullshit. though. No, no. But then they have this conversation. And this is, the, this is the conversation that's going on during the five-minute countdown. And I felt it was important. It's a three-minute and 19-second clip. But it's, there's, there's so much tension in this clip. And it's tough to yeah, but get you're, that you're tension. Jumping, you're jumping way ahead because there's a bunch of stuff that happens before they get down to five minutes. Am I? Yeah, because Chandra lies to Hal, and the black spot is getting much larger. And they look at the image, and Hal says, "Oh yeah, the oh, spot yeah. is made of rectangular items, millions of them." Yes, same is that as when the they one do the like a, yeah. Is that when they kind of do a zoom in? Yes, and that's like the bad special effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, they're, they're multiplying. Yes, and the spot is acting like a virus. It's eating the planet. And there's eight minutes left at this point, which is why I knew it was a little early. But Hal has a suggestion. He wants to abort the countdown to look at this. And uh, Haywood says, you have to get Hal to continue. And that's when we get to the five-minute clip. Five minutes to ignition. Dr. Chandra, I'm ready to stop the countdown if you want. No, Hal, don't stop. I am fully confident in your ability to study the phenomenon by yourself. I have complete faith in you. Propellant tank pressurization completed. Voltage steady. Are you sure you are making the right decision? I think we should stop. Four minutes to ignition. I enjoy working with human beings and have stimulating relationships with them. We enjoy working with you, Hal, and we will continue to do so even if we are separated by great distance. Good God. Color. It's fading. its chemical strength. I think we should stop the countdown, Dr. Chandra. No. Don't do that. This behavior is inconsistent with logic, Dr. Chandra. This phenomenon is too important to leave unless it represented danger. Do you think there is danger here? Captain, how critical is our ignition? Can we do this manually? It's very critical. We cannot be accurate to a tenth of a second if we do it manually. Three minutes to ignition. Dr. Chandra, I'm waiting for your reply. I don't have time to explain everything to you, Hal. We have to leave here, and we need your help. 30 seconds to final sequence. If you would tell me the reason, perhaps I could be of help. Final sequence beginning. Two minutes to ignition. proceed with the ignition without knowing why we are doing this is the mission in jeopardy yes we're in jeopardy is 
that why we are making our escape launch before the launch window? Yes. Ignition in 90 seconds. If there is danger here, and I use up all the fuel in the escape, what will happen to the Discovery? It could be destroyed. And if I don't proceed with the launch? And the Leonov and everybody in it could be destroyed. At this point, Floyd is getting ready with the calculator. Yes. I understand now, Dr. Chandra. Do you want me to stay with you? No. He has tears in his eyes. It is better for the mission if you leave. One minute to ignition. Thank you for telling me the truth. You deserve it. 50 seconds. Dr. Chandra. Will I dream? I don't know. And that is different than what he told Sal. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you didn't say anything in the first, like, minute 45 of that clip because I went and peed. So did I. (laughs) Okay. I knew I had time. Yeah, so did I. (laughs) But... Shandra is on his way over to the Russian ship. He's cutting it really fucking close. Right. He gets on the pulley as the final 10-second countdown is going, and it's ignition, full thrust. He gets hung up but has to cl- and has to climb, and, and a Russian reaches out and grabs his hand. And in the background, we can see that Pac-Man is eating Jupiter. <laughs> waka, 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 waka. Um, I think that's uh, is that Fozzie. Oh, what is Foz? Does Fozzie say waka 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 waka? Yeah, that's what you just said. Did I? But what is what is Pac-Man? I, I can't. I thought, Pac, I thought Pac-Man was waka 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 waka. Kind of the same as Fozzie, but different. And yeah, the Russian grabs him and pulls him in. Uh, the burn yes. has ended. It's mm. uh, one minute to separation. And I think they, they say it's Floyd to Shandra. Are you all right? Yeah. And then Shandra gives Floyd back the Hal Killer. <laughs> Yeah, the circuit cutter. And he says it wasn't hard to find. And Floyd looks over at Kernel and is like, hey, man. <laughs> Separation's coming and the, yes. Ru- the Russian ship detaches and lights up its engines. But, but when they detach, it's like, again, they have to reach up. Tanya has to reach up and pull two levers and pull them down and twist. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of cool instead of just pushing a button. Yeah. You know? Yes. But the the black spot is getting much, much larger Oh, and I should say, when you said before, you're like, hey, you're missing a bunch of stuff. It's because that clip originally was going to be about seven and a half minutes long. <laughs> okay. And I didn't modify my notes. But uh, as as they are kind of jetting away, there's a final mission for Hal. Our last mission. <sighs> final ship on. It's tradition and shit. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry that's the wrong one and what was that from can't buy me love okay jeez how do you read me yes Dave where are you I cannot see you on any of my monitors that isn't important now I have new instructions for you 
I want you to point the AE-35 antenna towards Earth. Dave, that will mean breaking contact with the Leonov. I will no longer be able to relay my Jupiter observations according to program. I understand. The situation has changed. Accept priority override Alpha. Here are the AE-35 coordinates. Please do it now. Instructions confirmed, Dave. It is good to be working with you again. Have I fulfilled the mission objectives properly? Yes, Hal. You've done very well. Now, there is one final message for you to transmit to Earth. It is the most important message you have ever sent. I want you to keep repeating it as many times as possible. What is going to happen, Dave? Something wonderful. I'm afraid. Don't be. We'll be together. Where will we be? Where I am now. Lock confirmed on Beacon Terra 1. Message commencing. If Bowman is omnipotent and all-powerful, why can't mm-hmm. he do this without Hal? Uh, yeah, because he did send a message to um, Floyd sitting in the cockpit, didn't he? And he also sent a message to his wife. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Sake of plot. <laughs> but the Russian ship is continuing to move away from Jupiter, which is shrinking. And yes. it looks like it's uh, collapsing into itself. It certainly does, doesn't it? And it blows up. I was waiting for a Praxis wave. Well, Kurnow yells, it's shrinking! Turns totally black, explodes. Uh, the shock wave destroys Discovery, just like it uh, destroyed... What was the space station in Generations? Oh. That the shock wave destroyed? Yeah, it's the... The Our something observatory. Course. Okay, yes. Something observatory, is yeah. it? All right. It hits them. Uh, one of the Russians, their technology is so bad that the seatbelt comes loose and he flies out of his chair. <laughs> Grab something now. All the lights yes. go, go off and systems are rebooting. And what was the message that Hal was sending? All these worlds are yours except Europa. And that was the, the moon that had the chloroform that they sent the original probe to. Right. Attempt new landing there. Now, no landing that was there. Except, attempt no landing there. Now, for the movie, they included... Use them together. Use them in peace. Also, in the book, um, they were in a race to to um, beat the Chinese to Europa. Okay. And when the Chinese attempted to land on Europa, they were destroyed in the book. Well, you, you have to imagine that the, the government is – when they're told, oh, don't land here, they're going to try to land there. Yes. And there's also um, – Use them together. Use them in peace. Mm-hmm. Are, are these new planets? Yeah, well, Europa is. Europa is. So w- let's keep on going with okay. this, and then we can come up with our theory, your theory and, and my theory separately as to how we interpret the the, the ending. Okay. Okay. But um, I think I got one more clip. Yeah, Floyd sends. One, one final statement from Haywood Floyd. My dear Christopher. This is the last time I'll be able to speak to you for a long while. I'm trying to put into words what has happened. Maybe that's for historians to do sometime later. They will record that the next day, the President of the United States looked out of the White House window, and the Premier of the Soviet Union looked out of the Kremlin window and saw the new distant sun in the sky. They read the message. 
And perhaps they learned something, because they finally recalled their ships and their plans. I'm going to sleep now. I will dream of you and your mother. I will sleep knowing that you are both safe, that the fear is over. We have seen the process of life take place. Maybe this is the way it happened on Earth millions of years ago. Maybe it's something completely different. I still don't know really what the monolith is. I think it's many things. An embassy for an intelligence beyond ours. A shape of some kind for her. Something that has no shape. Your children will be born in a world of two suns. They will never know a sky without them. You can tell them that you remember when there was a pitch black sky with no bright star and people feared the night. You can tell them when we were alone, when we couldn't point to the light and say to ourselves, there is life out there. Someday, the children of the new sun will meet the children of the old. I think they will be our friends. You can tell your children of the day when everyone looked up and realized that we were only tenants of this world. We have been given a new lease and a warning from the landlord. And if he was married to Jen, he'd know that his wife is about to slide onto a giant s- slick cock. <laughs> yeah, because he ain't coming back for uh, another 28 months. Yeah. Oh, no, that was that was if that, they were coming discovery. back. Discovery. Yeah, and why I didn't include in that clip that, what was the song? Children of the sun, children of the sun. Who sings that? Emerson, Lake, and Palmer? I don't, I don't know. know. Some, some um, progressive rock band from the late 70s, early 80s. All I can uh, say is, I don't know. Yeah. So the but, Earth is now Tatooine. Yes. One big sun, one little sun. Um, but how is that going to change? You're not always going to have the two those two suns in the same place in the sky, right? No, they're going to be – and considering the fact that it's – I'm assuming the new sun is like from Jupiter, right? Yes. And it's going to fuck everything up as far as tides and other stuff, but – there's lots of pictures going around the globe showing landmarks with two suns, and but he he makes it back. Floyd makes it back, and there's more two sun pictures, including Europa, and then the music stops, and we we see the Genesis planet. And hold on, but we see okay, so we we see lots of shots of the two suns all over Earth, right? And then I think like the final five or six shots, in my opinion, is. The progression of Europa being like terraformed and turning into a livable planet. That's possible. That's possible. That's why I said the Genesis planet. But yes, there's a single monolith that is standing in some water and there's no freeze frame. It's just the final credits over blue. So this is a little bit different where we can't just jump into did the movie hold up? What do you think mm-hmm. of it? But is now it's more of what did you think this meant? Okay, so in 2001, we see the the cavemen or the apes with the monolith, Mm -hmm. and the monolith kind of sends them a signal to be able to pick up a bone and use it as a tool or a weapon. Yes. Beat the other apes up, yeah. Why it shows up on the moon in 2001, I have no idea. 
why the the two kilometer one shows up by Jupiter as a calling card to draw the discovery out there in 2001. I don't know, but I think this is, I think the, whoever the creators of the monoliths are, are the creators and they've been doing this for eons throughout time, creating these, this, how they're creating stars and creating life. Okay. So, and then, yeah, Europa is, it because if you do a little bit, a little bit of research, I think in the in the the book three thousand one, or maybe it's even twenty sixty one, but I would suspect more so three thousand one. That at the end of that book, it talks about thirty thousand years later and the race of people, and that they they the name of the star that was once Jupiter they refer to as Lucifer. Okay, <laughs> which. I mean, Lucifer, I think, believe, means creator of light or beginning of light or something. So that's my that's my interpretation, that, that's, that there's this race of whatever that are creators that use these monoliths as symbols or what have you. So there's, there's this interesting uh, theory about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. Um, and it was raised in Big Bang Theory, among other places where Indiana Jones really does not impact the plot at all. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you think about it, do does human interaction matter at all? No, this was going to happen no matter what, yeah. right? Yeah. And as far as like what it is, is, is it a higher power? I don't know. It is obviously a higher intelligence, um, something probably ultimately responsible for the evolution of humans on mm-hmm. earth and then beyond and maybe it is a a intelligent entity that knows okay they've gone far enough now they need this next step they need another star so they can move beyond but okay it is a you know, it is basically like the creator. It is the V'ger, if you will. All right. But, you know, your movie. Okay. I know you said it wasn't a precious, but it was one that you, you cared a lot about. So why yes. don't you go first? I love this movie. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it it's, there's not a whole lot of excitement, but I feel like it, it it's, what was it? Hour and 56? Is that or two hours? It's just shy of two hours. Yeah. Yeah. It moves along quickly. I really liked it. I like the acting. I like the dialogue. I like the special effects. I like everything about it. Um, you know, yeah. What did you call it? it? It's a movie that was made in 1984. That was about 2010. That is now we're we're beyond, we're 12 years beyond that. Yes. I, I still think it was pretty cool, man. It, the the technology that they have and uh, the special effects for 1984 were phenomenal yeah really really good yeah um did it hold up absolutely would i recommend it for sure okay so i i'm of two minds here i'm of the academic mind which okay my degree ultimately is in film so i i should hold 2001 in this high regard and 
2010 is trying to live up to the impossibly high bar. I don't think so. Of 2001. I don't think so. I think they're two they're they follow the same story arc, but they're two completely different movies and made completely differently. Yeah, I I, that, I would agree. I would agree. I mean Kubrick is is in his own mind a master and he does make some fantastic movies. Two thousand one It's not one of them. <laughs> no, I mean it's yeah. No, um it, it's weird because you get almost a it's pounded into your skull as as you're taking these film theory classes and like this film is fucking amazing. This film is great. Blah 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 blah. And you watch it, it's like this is so fucking boring. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was really good. I thought it was really really good. Uh, I thought that the acting was good. I thought the special effects for the most part were honestly they would stand up today. There's one mm-hmm. or two things that were a little bit dodgy, um, but no more so than any other like current film. I thought it was really good. I didn't know where it was going. I I enjoyed it. I I, I was really happy with the film overall. Great. And I'm I happy would, to hear I that. Totally. I mean, absolutely would recommend it to somebody else. So uh, here is. Well, did Jen watch it? No. And now it's time for Jen's two second movie review. Didn't watch it. That was. Jen's two-second movie review. Jen! All right, so what what segment is next? Because I always fuck this up now. Well, you got to have to ask the question. Oh, sorry. You're right. This may sound silly to you, but kids go completely ape if you do three things in a picture. Defy authority, destroy property, and take people's clothes off. I think it's the only film over the 20-year period that Helen Mirren did not get naked in. <laughs> did she get naked in Excalibur? Yes. Okay. And Caligula. This was this was her first American film. She got her SAG card to do this movie. Okay. Okay. Which, wait a second. She was in Excalibur. And I thought that came out in like 80. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well that can't that was in the IMDb notes. So those some I guess you can't trust those notes all the time. That you? might not have been an American film though. Oh, yeah. Good point. Look at the big brain on Bach. Okay. Watching. What What are you watching? Okay. Oh. okay. Watcha. 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 watching? Here we go. All right. All, all caught up on Echo 3. Loving the series. Um, watching about halfway through the series on Netflix called The Recruit, which is about a CIA lackey who kind of gets in over his head but is trying to do the right thing. But that got interrupted by the release of Jack Ryan. Oh, that's out? Yes. Okay. Which um, has a weak prostate. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How far have you gotten through it? I finished it. Oh, did you? Okay. Yes. And the first season of Jack Ryan, great. I would watch it again. I've seen it twice. The second season, I think I've only seen once. But again, I would watch it again. Uh, the third season, I will not watch again. They had to pack. They packed four episodes into an eight-episodes season. Okay. Okay. It just was not that exciting. I, many times I fell asleep watching it and had to come back to it and go, okay, Wait, what part did I fall asleep? What's the last part that I remembered? And it's just, it was just kind of sloppy. It was just, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're a Jack Ryan fan of the series, watch it. 
but it was just kind of sloppy, like, uh, I don't know if that would happen that way, or, wait a second, they did this, but then this happened, which doesn't make sense. Okay, I, I got to ask a question, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bury the lead a little bit here, but in episode three at the hunting shack. Oh, so you did watch it. They shoot somebody in the woods, and that guy is alive in the next episode. How the fuck does that happen? <laughs> no, it's a different guy. That's a different guy. Because it's. It, I was talking with my sister about it, and she was like, all the Russians look the same. They're all about the same height and have short, dark hair. Okay, because Jen and I were confused as fuck about that. Yeah, okay. How much have you watched of it? Uh, first six. Okay. And what are your thoughts on it? It's okay. Yeah. Um, watched the first episode of 1923. Had to go online to look. Okay, how do these people fit into this whole thing? Because I know it's a chick narrates at the beginning. It's the same one from, was it, 1886? No, that's, no, the guy, who, okay, so you had Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. No, but were, the, the the person that narrates is the daughter in 1886. Yes, which doesn't make sense because she's dead. Yeah. Yes. But Harrison Ford is Tim McGraw's brother. Okay. And, you know, I thought 1886 was a depressing series. Mm-hmm. 1923 says, hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, watched Elf on New Year- on Christmas Eve, which okay. is a, a a Bertram family tradition. Still funny. Still get choked up at the end. And then on the Friday before Christmas Eve, the older boy and I went and saw Avatar. Okay, is that it? Yes. Okay, so let's start with that. What do you think of Avatar? It was really, really long. Okay. Um. That movie could have been shortened by about 45 minutes because the I first saw a, 45 minutes. No, the middle 45 minutes of them just constantly like playing with whales and floating through, swimming through kelp and touching plants and stuff. The world building in that film is amazing. Yes, but it's the, the plot was so much thinner in this one compared to the, the first one. Oh, I, I disagree 100%. Disagree? Disagree, yeah. I thought you said disagree. Um, it's, not as much was at stake, I felt. And um, we talked about it before. I said there was something that you and I both saw that lacked subtitles that should have had some. But the Navi and the Sea Navi spoke in English with accents. And I guess the whole movie would have, most of the movie would have been in, in subtitles. Sure. Had they followed the the script for the the first one but uh i mean it was good i don't think i'll watch it again i, I won't watch honest. it again but i thought it was good yeah i enjoyed it but i it, mean it it the the fact that i cared about the deaths that happened in it to me means okay. something i see your point sure and the whole thing with the the uh, outcast whale yeah i i I thought that it was the structure of the film worked that way. Okay. All right. So that's it for you? That is it for me. Okay. So Avatar 2, I I thought it was really, I thought it was better than the first one. I watched uh, The End of Wednesday. Um, Decent enough. No reason for a second season. There's going to be another one, but no reason for it. 
it was okay. It wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Uh, my youngest son said he wants to watch it just because the actress that plays Wednesday is so hot. And yeah, no, she's not. Um, <laughs> I watched uh, 2001. Oh, you did? Yeah. God damn, right. is that movie boring? Okay. I, I was tr- struggling to stay awake during that film. <laughs> struggling. Um, up to date on Yellowstone. Um, interesting to see. Interested to see where it goes. Uh, 1923, we touched on already. As far as like, goddamn, it's a depressing series. the The, the thing with the um, Native Americans in the oh, the boarding school, boarding school. Yeah, my wife, who's like a staunch Catholic, is saying, "Yeah, this 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 should happen." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm well aware." Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I, I'm I'm a non-proponent of the Catholic Church. We have a um, St. Charles, which is a big Catholic church in Heartland, has, is putting up just this monstrosity of a building. I mean, you, we're talking like a $20 million church that was all given, and it's paid for, all through donations oh, yeah. from big donors. And it's like... Wow. I mean, you should see – you can't understand the size of this thing until you see it. It's fucking crazy. I mean, it's like six stories tall and just – it's huge. It's a monstrosity. It's it's going to be the biggest building in our area where we live. And no. you think of the, the good that that money could have gone to instead of building this behemoth. I know the church that we – belong to mm-hmm. did some expansion and you know how much it costs and stuff and and, and unfortunately i know that i had a, a part of that yes <laughs> it wasn't my say but i i i i have some issues with that but yeah we tithe we tithe based you know we we belong to a very small community church that does a lot of community outreach because we live in a small community but you know, the money that we give, like when you give money to the Catholic Church, a lot of that is, a lot of that money is... Pedophile defense fund. And the Vatican's going, hey, hey, give us a taste. Yo, give us a taste. Yeah, they want to wet their beak. Uh-huh. Whereas the church that we belong to, the money that we're spending is going towards paying the electrical bill and the mortgage and the grass cutting <laughs> and and the pastor's you know, salary, that sort of thing. That that's where our money is going. Okay. It's so. Uh Basic Instinct. You watch Basic Instinct again. Yeah. It's okay. a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh Basic Instinct Two. Oh, okay. Is that with Sharon Stone? Yes it is. Michael Douglas? No. Nope. Who's the uh who's the guy in that? Some guy that never acted anything ever again. <laughs> oh, all right. It's not good. It's not terrible, but it's not good. I, I watched Primal Fear. Is that uh, Richard Gere and Edward Norton? Laura Linney? Yeah. It's okay. A fucking awesome film. That's where he's pretending to be somebody that he's not? Uh, yeah. Okay. It, uh, it it was Edward Norton's first film. All right. And, and also I watched uh, Glass Onion. Okay. Have you seen the first one? I saw, yes. I mean, it's good. It's not great. I was a little bit pissed when I found out who did it because 
I got fooled by one of the red herrings. <laughs> really pissed me off a little bit. Does it have something to do with the twin? No. Okay. Th- there's a twin in it, but it that had right. nothing to do with who did it. So Okay. Uh, but that is it. And uh, Jack Ryan. We're six of the eight through Jack okay. Ryan. So... All right, so they've stopped the they've stopped the nuclear bomb, or I shouldn't say stopped the nuclear bomb, but thanks. Spoiler alert! No, they... well, if you if you've seen all if you see watched it all the way through episode six, you should know. No, they they just were in the fake uh, Pripyat place. Oh, well, episode. Anyway, then I don't, I don't think you're in episode six then. Okay, maybe episode five. Okay, oh sorry. Okay, what's next? Uh, our listener reaction roundup. You shouldn't. How many episodes are we? Howdy, in? We have never had listener reaction roundup. Listen every once in a while. Yeehaw! Okay, so we got a Facebook message. Um, from was it a message or was, well, it, was it just a post? Okay, from Scott Wallace. Okay. And he, he asked if Kermit was a cuck, and I said that that would be addressed. <laughs> and he said that in even in his youth, he thought that Kermit was actually playing up the fact that he was subservient to Piggy, but was pulling all kinds of ass. Okay. <laughs> Which I thought was an interesting take, so yes. I, I will give him that. Okay. And then the other thing is uh, my mother, who went mm. on vacation with us, she got an email from her sister. Okay. And her sister said that her ex-husband had found out that we had a podcast and he has started listening. (laughs) So Uncle Jim, stop. (laughs) Stop now. (laughs) There's no fucking way he got this deep in it. I I love you, man, but... And if you enjoy it, more power to you, but I just don't think this is for everybody. (laughs) No, it certainly is not. All right, so let's move on to next week. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Three degrees to next week's movie, and I think I like it. Okay, I got. I am hope. I am hopeful for next week's movie because you've been doing, you know, kind of good shit burger, kind of good shit burger, kind of good. This is actually looked at as kind of a high water mark. Okay, in a lot of ways. All right. Uh, so I have two of them. I have an easy one and a difficult one. You will not get oh, the did, easy one, but I'll give you that. Did you go the route that you wanted to? Uh, no, I did not. I, okay. I, I, I try. I, I task. He tasks me. He tasks me. <laughs> I try to always go with just one movie, and I couldn't do it. Okay. Without going to a movie that's well, coming so out do I. next week. I always I try to as well. It's difficult. Oracle it Bacon. Difficult. That's how I get there. What? Oracleofbacon.org. Okay, I use the IMDb tool that you sent me. Oh, yeah, that's another one. But Oracle Bacon is is great. The only problem is it actually includes like TV movies and shit. Okay, so Helen Mirren plays Tanya in this week's movie. Mirren plays Doctor in 2001's The Pledge. Eileen Ryan plays Jean in that film. Ryan plays Grandma in 2005's Feast. Clue Gulliger plays bartender in that film. Gulliger plays Mr. Walsh in next week's 1985 horror homoerotic sequel. Horror 
homoerotic sequel. <sighs> I don't know. Okay, this one, this is a layup. Roy Scheider plays Floyd in this week's movie. He plays Harry Mitchell in 1986's 52 Pickup. I've never seen that. Neither have I. You know who else is in that? No. Vanity plays Doreen in that <laughs> film. She plays Donja Deering in 1986's Never Too Young to Die. Da, 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 da. Robert England plays Riley in that sequel. England plays Freddy <laughs> in next week's 1985 horror sequel. Action Jackson? <laughs> Really, F- Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Freddy's Revenge. I like the first one. I don't know if I've ever seen the second one. It is Mer- about accepting the fact that you're gay. <laughs> really? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I don't, yeah. I think I jumped from the first one and then saw... Whatever one was in 3D, we got really high, and we went, had to go to we had to go to um, like, Mayfair Mall to it's like see five it. or six Freddy's Dead to see it in 3D, and we got really baked in the parking lot before we went to see it. Better we than so going disappointed to see it, because we because we went and saw it, and in the beginning of the movie, it says, "Okay, you're not going to need these 3D glasses until the end of the movie." So, all right, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yep, go ahead and bring us on home. All right, hey, thanks everybody for uh, listening to this unusual Down Many Roads podcast of 2010, the year we make contact. You want to reach out to the show, send an email, betamaxrewind at yahoo.com, like us uh, on Facebook, rate us and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Speaking of that, when my brother was over for Christmas, and his him, he and the, to separate from the awkwardness, he and his wife and his children came downstairs. And again, they saw the microphone. And oh, what's this for? Oh, it's for a podcast. Oh, what other podcast do you listen to? Instead of asking, you know, because he he owns a restaurant, and and he says, yeah, during the day while I'm getting set up, I listen to podcasts. Didn't ask what the name of my podcast was to listen to it. Yeah, but my what, brother has what, listened to one of ours. But as but, but was more interested in listening and hearing about the other podcasts that I listened to. So I, I, I forgot to say, uh, two thousand one insists upon itself. It's just, it insists on upon itself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So did the Muppet, the the Great Muppet Caper. Um, join us next week. Uh, I think what New Year's Day or the Monday after. Uh that's your call. Me um, thinks. That's fine. Yeah, New yeah. Year's Day is fine. Yeah, I mean, if I can get if I can get us wrapped up by Thursday, I'll try and do it. But we I could mean, do we Friday. Got... I know you have Friday things, but because Saturday is New Year's Eve, yeah. Just let me know. All right. Uh, yeah. For Nightmare on Elm Street, I almost said Friday the Thirteenth. Nightmare on Elm Street too. No. <laughs> Next week. Um, I enjoyed tonight. Yeah, I, I did. Good. I did as well. I mean, uh, technical difficulties aside, I thought it was yeah. uh, actually pretty good. We had a lot of good conversations. Uh, mm-hmm. I found good out times. that I can't fuck other women if I go into space, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> and that you shouldn't post pictures of yourself wearing horrible wardrobe on Facebook. <sighs> See, now I'm going to have to get a new fucking jacket, just like I I had to get new shoes. You have a new, a new jacket. 
hanging in the closet. No, it's it's four years old at this point. <laughs> yeah, a North Face jacket's not going to go out of style, man. It's a puffer jacket, a fluffer. If you if that would if that leather leather your... never never go. Yes, leather goes out of style. No, it does not. Yes, it does. See, I don't I don't care. I'm I'm above I'm above judgment. Yes. You with your black leather jacket and your Green Bay Packer stocking cap and your black stonewashed jeans and old man Nikes. <laughs> Alright, good night everybody. I talk to you now I gotta come bubble. Oh boy. See you next week. <laughs>